Hey, listeners, this is Mick. And Wiley. And Steven from the Coffee and Hardcore Podcast. And we just want you to know that Oak and Crow Coffee has some delicious coffee waiting just for you. That's right! You can get medium roast, dark roast, Murphy's Law, Killer Beans coffee, Eddie Leeway's Morningwood, Clank Between Unholy and the Grind coffee, and many more. So much coffee to choose from, my man! Don't forget, they also did Up and Pups coffee to raise money for a no-kill shelter in New York. Oak and Crow's also has our coffee, the Coffee and Hardcore Coffee. Check out Oak and Crow Coffee at www.oakandcrow.com. This is Jacob from Oak and Crow Coffee, and I approve this message. Forget about Steven. His ass is from Boston. Welcome to Coffee and Hardcore. It's time! Yo! Mick and Steven! That Oak and Crow commercial was the bee's knees! That was so much fun to make. You guys agree? Oh, yeah. It was, it was awesome. Loved it. And it's, it's, oh, oh, what's that, Steven? Amazing. Yes. <laughs> and it's always fun to get Jacob on the phone because his internet always cuts out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to say that Kato 8 from the last episode of Coffee and Hardcore, she wrote us and said that Mike Judge from the amazing hardcore band Judge right. told me I misrepresented his coffee making and that he used 205 degree water. And she said he also ordered our coffee from the coffee and hardcore podcast. And he told her that it's, it's sick. What? Well, so hey, good. Hey, listen, I'm Mick from Parkersburg, West Virginia. Steven from Boston, Massachusetts. Wiley Willis from Chicago, Illinois. And we got Mike judge to buy our coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Judge, if you're listening to this, that's also an invite to be on the Coffee Hardcore podcast. Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Yo, uh, guys, so you sent me this. You had Jack Choke Kelly of yeah. Last Rites, Negative FX, Stars and Stripes, <laughs> and the Daddies of Hardcore, Boston Zone, slap shot on the show. I Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what, what do you even do about that? Like, I, ah. This season keeps getting crazier, and 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 I just wow, Dude. great conversation. Yes, Steven. it was super, it was really fun. It was really fun talking, and uh, yeah, it, slap shot, old school, old time, hardcore. 
I like that you uh, dropped the ball on last rights. That was one of my favorite. <laughs> I do. I do but my I best. But I won't say anything else. I won't don't, give don't, it away. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. I won't give it away. I won't give it away. <laughs> but y'all sent me this chat and I thought it was great. I laughed so many times. I know there's a few things <laughs> we have to cut out and we disagreed a little bit, but Mick, Mick edits everything. So he's the boss, applesauce. Um, <laughs> the only thing I'll have to say, can I say something that I disagree with? With choker, should I save it for the outro? Save it for the outro. Let's save do that. that. Is, we'll no, do we that. don't give anything away. Give, no, yeah, we don't want to give it away. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do let, that. Let people experience it, and then you can bring them back in. Like you can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No problem at all. But I also wanted to say that uh, Joel Odie of Worst Self sent us over some covers, and they're going to be yeah. that they're going to be releasing at some point, and he gave us the okay to uh, to play on the podcast the nine inch nails had like a hole you think we should yeah. drop that at least a clip it of it oh yeah definitely yeah let's do it let's drop it now all right here it comes boom
Michigan's own hardcore band, Worst Self, is releasing three cover tracks. Head Like a Hole, Nine Inch Nails, Negative Creep, Nirvana, and I'm Afraid of Americans, David Bowie. That cover is phenomenal. I don't know how they pulled it off, but it's so good. But they're, they're, uh, they're doing a pre-order for this. And you guys should check it out, pick it up. It's going to be on cassette tape. Uh, we will have the link to this cassette tape pre-order in our show notes on Spotify, wherever you're listening to this on your favorite podcast. So uh, I think y'all are going to love this and you should support some Michigan hardcore. Yeah. So, so who else we got on the show? Well, we have Jesse yeah. Holly of the Satire telling us a little bit about their new EP. And we're going to drop a tune from them. Should we just do yeah. that now? Get it don't, pull, don't pull all the eggs out of the basket. Make You're it right. a magic. You got to let the You're magic right. happen, baby. All right. All right. <laughs> On top of that, we have our friend Mark Sylvester of yeah. Corey Stone Coffee giving us a blurb about how we started. And Mick and I are reviewing his coffee. Yeah. And Amazing. Steven has his own coffee. <laughs> yeah. I got Steven has his own coffee that he's brewing. <laughs> right. No, just kidding. He's not brewing it. <laughs> I did want to say that uh, Up the Pucks 2 is coming this fall. Yes. And uh, could I thank our sponsors? Is that okay? Yeah, go for for it. I would like to thank our sponsors. We got the Coffee and Hardcore Podcast, New Age Records, Oak and Crow Coffee, Bucket of Blood Books and Records, Black Dog Canine Training and Pet Services, Brutality Coffee Company, who we had on the show, Sergeant Vegan, who we had on the show, Jeff from A Way of Life Design, Veritas Vinyl, who puts out all the two-minute minor vinyl, whoop, whoop. Straight Edge for Christ, which is Steven, our own hardcore encyclopedia, <laughs> Corey Stone Coffee, thanks Mark Sylvester, LP Designs, and the place I work at, Belly Acres T-Shirt Printing, giving us a discount on the pups. I would like to thank a handful of the bands. There's so many to list, but I'm going to say Skullcrack is on this, Moral Law, Vanguard, Worst Self, Two Minute Minor, Ill Communication, Discouraged, X Redline X, CDO's Carry, Bystander, Dry Socket, Life Force, Unblind, <laughs> Zayo, Shittison, Tuning, Change, Godhead, Bitter Truth, Better Royale, and many, 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 many more. We got 35 tracks on this comp. Woof. That's so and, cool. And for the first time ever, the Coffee and Hardcore intro is going to be available. And outro. And outro is going to be available in all these digital formats and, and physical copies. And yeah, I'm Skull excited crack, about that. doing the intro. Battle Royale, doing the outro. Yep. Nice. It's Boom. so killer. We got, a, we got a show for you. We got albums. <laughs> yes, the albums on this album <laughs> Or on this album, on this show, are amazing. <laughs> amazing. We got, we got sidestep. Yeah. We got loose ends. Yeah, loose ends. We got what did I say? Loose ends. Did I say it wrong? WMBD. No. Well, damn. We got mortal <laughs> law. <laughs> we got a packed show, yo. Yeah. But. What we got coming up now is Jack Choke Kelly from Slapshot. And Steven, we got a brand new Slapshot track that's going to be featured on this podcast. What's it called? Living for Revenge. 
Hell yeah. Let's drop yeah. that now and then let's go into the choke chat. All right. Yeah, here we go. You're, I don't think people are ready, so count it down. Six, three, zero. <laughs> Boom. <Let's go. laughs> Boom. Um, I am so excited to announce our guest. Um, it is the Jack Choke Kelly from the Slapshot Old Time Hardcore. Welcome uh, to Coffee and Hardcore. Two other bands. Yes, sir. You you, uh, you left ne- out you left out Stars and Stripes and no, Negative. I'm not even. I wasn't even talking about that. Oh, Negative Effects. Yes, and. American I know what it machine? is. Last rights. Last rights. That's rights. what I was going to say. Rights. That's last it. Rights. Last rights. <laughs> I mean, stars and stripes, sure, whatever. 
<laughs> the um, negative effects just you just played a couple of shows, right? No With negative effects. We'll, we'll no? never play. We'll never play a negative effects. No, show. no. Uh. I, at one okay. At one point, I've been approached by um, the guys in Infest. Right. They, you know, they always like negative effects. They kind of credit negative effects with having influencing their sound and everything. But uh, we were maybe going to be me with three guys in Infest playing negative effects songs, and then I don't know, nothing ever came of it. And uh, it, then also, then I went back and I said, all right, well, it'd be better if if I was going to do it to do it with the original members. So I contacted like uh, Dave Bass, the old drummer, and Pat. The old yeah. guitar player, it's, um, uh, Richie couldn't do it. Is he? I don't know. I don't think he's played bass since he left Negative Effects. So, not that not that, that that matters because it's Negative Effects. It's not like it's all that difficult to play. Right. So, uh, right. But then I don't know. Then uh, you know that Mr. Mercedes show. Yeah. Anyway, they used uh, Mike Makes Right on one of the episodes where this like psycho kid is building a bomb in his basement or something. And uh, well, then the, the old shit started again with uh, who wrote what and who wants money. As, as if having a song on Mr. Mercedes, who's watching that anyway? <laughs> you know, like, like, this, like there's a dime to be made from the publishing on that. But I don't know, it started that old, like Curtis called me up, he said, okay, who wrote Mike Makes Right? I was like, you know something, I'm waiting for that. I said, me, myself, and I, the three of us wrote it. Right. right. And he said, you know, Pat was saying he wrote the music and you wrote the lyrics. I was like, does it sound like something I would write? He said, yeah. I said, well, then, yeah, I wrote it. <laughs> I, rem I, remember, I remember writing it. So, but anyway, then that made that fall apart. So, negative effects will never, will never, probably never play a show. Because I don't, I, I, don't know, I, I don't agree with like, maybe with Infest, because they were such fans, that might right. work. But just right. me getting like three other guys together to just cash in. I'm not into that shit. Sure, I like I like cash, but I'm not into like <laughs> <laughs> reuniting uh, an old beloved band, and it's never going to be the same anyway. Right. You know, it's like you know some some old bands you get back together and you're like, oh, awesome! I can't wait to see. And then they they're terrible. You remember them like great, but in reality, they actually did sound that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I saw the Misfits when they first got back together, like way back. I don't know if Michael Grace was singing for them or it was somebody else, but the Misfits did a tour in Europe. Like, I don't know how many shows, it wasn't many. And I went to, you know, I went to see them in Munich because I was visiting a friend of mine. And once they got started, you know, I closed my eyes and I'm like, wow, this is actually, you know, kind of accurate. But you could see the looks in the faces of all the people watching, like, what the fuck is this wall of noise? Because like this, they were always too loud for the room. They just had their amps cranked all the way up to 11. And when I closed my eyes, I was like, this sounds like shit. But this is not what they sound. This is what they sounded like. I mean, it didn't sound any different. I was like, this is exactly the misfits. But everyone had this like a gape you know, look on their faces. Like, this is what we've been waiting all these years for. Right. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I had to I had to leave in with um with Slapshot because we got we got a super sneak peek at the uh, Living for Revenge song. Uh, yeah, I sent that out. That, that, that yeah, posted that. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, so you you got new stuff coming, right? 
Yeah, I guess it's just a matter of um, getting the recordings uh, finished up and then to Chris at Bridge Nine. But Chris has been so busy with um, the new store, the new shop, yeah. the new warehouse. Yeah, there isn't any, he hasn't any time to, to even concentrate on what's going on with like new yeah. records or things like that. I see so him plugging plugging away at that thing like online. I mean, we recorded it. We recorded it almost a year ago. Oh wow! Oh really? Really? And then, you know, then I mean, literally a week. We spent a week doing um six stars and stripes songs and these thirteen slap shot new slap shot songs. And nice. I literally we wrote the we wrote the the songs. We got them recorded, and I didn't have any lyrics written because we didn't even have the song because we didn't even really have the songs written. Right. So I think I wrote like I wrote half of them, and then Dom and I wrote the other half. But but then I got since we're recording in a week, I do all the vocals that week too, all of them. And it's and I didn't even have any of them written like lyrically, like the lyrics weren't even written. So one night before the next day we were going to record, I wrote the lyrics for like five songs, nice. still bang banged them out. And then I went in the next day, and I think we got through four or five of them before my voice started like kind of giving out because recordings recordings a lot different than being on stage they're gonna it has to be just right and then you gotta do multiple takes and sometimes lines don't sound particularly if i wrote them on the spot (laughs) sometimes the um the the lines don't fit exactly when i start yelling them because it's one thing to hear them hear them in my head it's another thing to actually physically do it and sometimes I write stuff that I actually can't say right. <laughs> in the amount of measure that's in there or <laughs> sounds, sounds awkward. Or I have like a shitty rhyme that happens a lot. Like <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it, it was done, literally recorded everything in a week. The Stars and Stripes still doesn't have any vocals on it. Uh, it's going to be very sketchy. <laughs> um <laughs> Not so sketchy, but you know what I mean? Like, it's skinhead music. It's got to be a little sketchy or at least right. a little bit left left to the imagination. That's what's fun. I mean, that's why I love oi music. I fucking right. love that shit. Because it's just fun, <laughs> fun to do and it's fun to sing and fun to write. The shit writes itself. You just pick out a title like, you know, I don't know, America the Beautiful. And then you write a, you know, write a boy song right. based, on, based on those words. <laughs> the shit writes itself. <laughs> so but hopefully the record hopefully the new record will be out i was thinking about going back in and recording uh, changing a few of the vocals yeah right after 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 you get him and then you listen to it like a bunch of times you realize yeah well i recorded 13 songs in three days what do you want they're not gonna be, they're not gonna be perfect <laughs> right so so my question is is like when i look over like everything that you've done like what's your favorite out of all of it like out of your discography of all the bands you've been in and, and all the albums that you put out, like what's your favorite? Like you're like most proud of or whatever. Uh, honestly, I'd have to say Shape for Battle. I wrote, literally wrote every song on that record in two days. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Like music, music and lyrics. Wow. Um, yeah, I came to a rehearsal one night and I had, uh, whoops, I had like six songs written. Mm-hmm. So I said after after slap shot practice, guys, you know, I told Mark and, and George to stick around. And we just banged out six of the songs, kind of re, you know, rehearsed them. And then the next week I had six more. Uh, and there were I think there were still a couple couple extras I, I wrote when we were going in the studio. 
but we did that we did everything in three days recording and mixing that whole that whole record yeah uh, with just the three of us jordan played guitar and bass and the uh, rhythm gate lead guitar on that record and mark, yeah, mark did the drums and we all did the three of us did background vocals like four times so that's why it sounds like a big gang but it's just three of us over and over again wow but yeah that's that it just kind of was one of those you know lightning in a bottle moments where everything kind of came together and i, I i'm almost sometimes wondering if i'm going to be more known for skinheads on the rampage than anything i ever wrote in Slapshot. right <laughs> you know? to, follow, to follow that up what is the favorite like a favorite show that you look back at like if you're like thinking of the past you know Okay. Yeah. Uh, what what which show is that? The we did not even honestly not all that long ago that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, the show we did with uh, us, uh, Rival Mob and Boston Strangler. It nice. was just such a fucking and I think there was another band. Such a great lineup. I mean, right. Everyone right now would fucking kill the seat. You know. Strangler or I mean they packed the place in to see Strangler or a uh, rival mob. Oh yeah, like insane. But I'd I'd love to see the you know one of those bands get back together and play some shows. Yeah, Boston, Boston Strangler, right? Um, <laughs> but I mean, rival mob's a great band too. And I guess yeah. the Trouble's coming back. The Trouble's going to come back and and play a, a, a couple of gigs like, apparently. Nice. I'm not in, in November. I guess they're going to headline the Middle East downstairs. Oh, wow. That was cool. another band that got bigger after they broke up. Right. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It'll probably happen to us. <laughs> 30, 38 fucking years of toiling and riding the fucking wheel going nowhere. And then we break up and then something we fucking get huge. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be absolutely fucking fitting. Right. Why did I do, why did I do this for 38 years when I could have done it for like 10 and then done something right. else and slap shot slap shot would be big <laughs> <laughs> oh man so so with everything i th- i want to ask this question because i i think i think it'll be a good i think you'll give a great answer <laughs> do do you because of everything that you've done do you because i know a lot of people would i think other people that listen to Slapshot and Stars and Strikes would say this about you guys, but do you consider yourself like a hardcore legend? No. No. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> I mean, I might joke about it. Right. Hey. About, no, 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 I'm just some regular fucking schmuck like anybody else. You know, like, I'm with, a, with, a modicum of, with a modicum of talent, I suppose. I mean, I can't play an instrument to save my life, but I've got an ear. And I right. can write in my head, you know, everything's in my mm-hmm. head. And if I wrote a song, it, I, you know, hum it. Sometimes I'll come up with an idea and I just hum it onto my phone. Right. Um, but, it, and then I'll bring it, you know, bring it to rehearsal and you know, then play it for the guitar player. The guitar player plays it and then we get it, you know, get it written. Right. And sometimes, sometimes I'll write something that mm. absolutely just sucks. Uh, but I hear it in my head. It's great. But when we start playing it, now this, all right, let's forget about this one. It sucks. But no, I'm a fucking legend. Give me a, get out, get out of here with that shit. I'm just, like, I'll let, I'll let people like John Joseph and Harley and, and yes. some of those guys yes. right, talk about right. talk themselves up. I'm just, I'm just a regular fucking, a nerd, a fucking super nerd uh, with, you know, that, that kind of had an ear and 
I mean, I never wrote anything. I mean, we never wrote anything big. You know, like we we have our fans, and well, a, a lot like in a lot of ways, like sheer terror. Right. Yeah. Like, they sing a lot of about you know a lot of different things that a lot of other bands don't. Like, yeah. like I think part of the issue with us was I, uh, my stage thing. I, I can't, I can't kiss the fans' ass. I can't be like, yo, yo, Syracuse, you guys are awesome. It's right. not my way. It's just not my way. Like, yeah, they may be awesome, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't schmooze like that. You know, like I, I can't do the the rock thing or the festival thing. Like, right. hey, I do the same thing on like a small stage. I'll do the same thing at, at a big festival in front of you know, let's say twenty thousand people. Right. I, it doesn't it does, to me. It doesn't matter that, you know the size of the crowd or anything. It's like if I have three people that paid money to see us, they're gonna get an hour show, and I'm gonna do the same thing I would do on stage that I would do for uh, you know a, a thousand people. Matter matters not to me if they paid their money, they deserve to get the show. It's just kind of how I am. A lot of bands get pissed off. No one comes. They're like, oh, what the fuck's wrong with your town? No one came to the show. Well, maybe nobody likes you. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> or, you know, you never know. Like, you never know sometimes why people don't come to a show. You know, maybe they got to work the next day. And, you know, some shows during the week aren't, aren't that well attended. Just still going to play your show. Because, you know, people came to see you. And I'm kind of the same way with, like, being on stage. Uh, I'm always like face the fucking audience. Right. So the, you know, the other guys in my band are always been there. just get up front, face the audience, and act like you're having a great time. Because right. it doesn't matter if you feel like shit, or you don't want to play to that crowd that night, or you don't want to do this. They paid money to see you, so put on a fucking smile on your face and jump around and act like you're. And it's like the greatest time you've ever had because they paid to see it, and it's not their fault that only fucking five people came it's kind of your fault like i never insult the audience if they're not moving i see i couldn't tell you how many times i've seen a lead singer go oh what's wrong with you guys tonight you don't want to circle pit for us or something come right. on up front right i've never once ever done anything remotely like that i hate that it's not their job to entertain you it's right. your job to entertain them and if you're not motivating enough to get them to move, right? Then shut the fuck up and play hard. <laughs> don't I don't insult the audience. Yeah, right. You have a, don't you have a, be insulted because they like say some night. Maybe there's like a bunch of fifty-year-olds there, and not many twenty-year-olds. Fifty-year-olds are going to stand in the back and they're going to watch from, you know, from the back of the show. That's where I'd be. You know, so some nights you're like we have an older crowd. Some nights they're not going crazy for us, and that's okay. If, as long as staying and paying attention, they don't they don't got to move if they don't want to. They paid their money; they can drink at the bar and stand there if they feel like it. I'm not going to insult them for wanting to do what they want to do. So, yeah, that's my philosophy. There we go. You have, you, you ever go to um, ever start off a show in New York with "fuck you, you know, New York"? Well, no, we've never played that live. No, no, not 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 uh, for, not for. I mean, all right, yeah, we can't do it, but um, right. I can't remember all the words. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, no, that's the God on the truth. There's so many lines. Of, fuck right. this, fuck, right. 
Right. I'd have to, as we go, I'd have to think of it. Yeah, towards the I, end. I yeah, there's too, there's too many fucking too many places for me to remember and i don't have that kind of memory so i'd have to have it like written on a piece of paper on the floor right? and that's that's just dumb i don't play with a teleprompter right it's it's pretty funny because um me and me mick and wiley have a, a chat going on on facebook and and before we came on we were, we were asking um about your name like you go by jack or, or choke and uh it's interesting because one of my questions I, I i was teasing my kid the other day uh Telling that your nickname Choke was because that's your um, preferred method of killing, and he had he didn't he didn't, he didn't want to hear it. So I, well, I, I would I would love to hear how you got the nickname and, and oh, it's so, what that's it's all so, about. It's so lame. It's so fucking lame. I, you know, I love lame. I like there was a there was a rumor there was a rumor that uh, an actual like, rumor that was going around that I choked my girlfriend. Right. And. That's how I got the name. Like I, and this, I mean, there's rumors I killed somebody too. But come on, give me a fucking break. Me? Right. Well, all right. <laughs> all right maybe push me hard enough. Um, but uh, no, the, the real story is, I went to Northeast University my freshman year of school. Mm-hmm. Between freshman and sophomore is kind of when I really discovered like punk rock. All right. And um, so I switched to Emerson College. And while I was home that summer before I started Emerson, I was I live in Provincetown on Cape Cod, mm-hmm. very very touristy summer summer place. Yep. And uh, I was wearing I don't know punk rock. I made it myself. Just was a T-shirt that said "Choke" across it, just big big block letters. I painted it, hey. you know, with acrylic paint by hand and and ironed it on. And then okay, so okay, forward to September, and I start Emerson. Someone there must have seen me and went, hey, <laughs> you're that choke kid. Right. That was it. And that's it stuck. literally it. People yep. started calling me choke on, on campus, and that that's kind of how it, yeah, that's it. That's as lame as it fucking gets, but that's the truth. That's, that's awesome. how it got started. That's, that's how it awesome. got named. I don't know. I don't know. That's a pretty awesome story. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. I don't know how awesome it is, but- that's, that's, no, it's that's a, how I got, that, that. That is how I got the name. Well, when you when you think about like people thinking this and that, and then I, per, no. I prefer the I prefer the rumors. <laughs> the rumors. Right. You know what I mean? Because I don't know, it's just more fun that way. And right. if people ask me, I'll never deny it. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? so, <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that might have happened. I don't know. Right. As, more, I was, the, the rumors are more fun. I was trying hard to get my kid going with it and he just had not he just wouldn't take it he's, he's too smart but it's uh that's awesome with a shirt and i got another one for you so i don't know also, I, wish I, st- I wish i still had that shirt right so i have so many shirts like that um we are also huge hockey fans obviously with the name Slapshot. um where'd that come from was is everybody like huge hockey heads or like what's yeah, that we all were you know we all I mean all the guys lived in malden Bruins. So, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, and myself. The other guys were from Malden, so uh, you know everybody was into hockey. But it was one of those deals where um, we needed a name. We were coming up on a, the show with a, our first show ever in Providence with the Circle Jerks. So it was like, okay, cool. We need a name though. So after we're, after band practice, we were driving in Steve's car and just trying to throw shit out there. Like, how about hockey? And then it was like, okay, well, what about? Penalty box, uh, you know, wrist shot, whatever. Then 
Hey. How about the movie? You like the movie? And I was like, yeah, sure. I like the movie. And then, all right, let's just go with it. I'll be full disclosure. I don't like the name. I never liked the name oh. Slapjack. No, I, ne- I never liked the name Slapjack. In Europe, it doesn't matter because they don't, it's not English anyway. So it's, I mean, right. it's the English, not their language for the most part. So it doesn't really matter what it says most of the mm-hmm. time. But um, yeah, I never liked the name. If I, if I could go back in time, I'd change it and start over with something else. I don't know what, right. but I never really liked Slapshot. Because we, you know, we got pigeonholed into everything was a fucking mask or a stick or right, right. You know, ice right. or some shit like that. Some combination. Hanson Brothers or any of that stuff. <laughs> About Stars and which Stripes. Is, which is cool. Which is cool and everything. You know, all, you know, the, all that hockey imagery and stuff. That's cool and all. But You like Stars and Stripes? Well, was that your? Was that, was yeah, that, that you? Was or? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, the whole the old Star and Stripes, the whole thing was me. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I always like writing that stuff and playing that stuff. Like, like on Negative Effects, there's a song called "Feel Like a Man." That was sort of, I guess, maybe my first attempt at doing like sing along kind of boy kind of shit. But obviously, I wasn't immersed in the in it, so I I wrote sort of like a hardcore song that kind of has a sing along. Mm-hmm. And then So Ends Our Night, when I did it with um, Last Rites, that was another one sort of, um, you know, going with the, you know, an idea. And then, uh, yeah, so I guess the rest is history. Right. Um, the other <laughs> thing I was going to ask is, um, are you guys going to play local shows again soon? Or um, are you going to no, do it? I mean, we were talking about, we just got back from Europe like three weeks ago. Yeah, uh, we're talking about maybe doing another November show like last year, like a weekend, like another yep. weekend with like Stars and Stripes one day and Slapshot. We're not doing two. We probably won't do two nights because I don't think right. there'd be a demand for two nights. But if we could do another like one night, sell the place out, get a good you know opening act, right? It'd be good. But we have we haven't. I don't think any. We haven't really. I barely talked to the guys since I got, I got back from five weeks. <laughs> five weeks with them. Sometimes it's, it's a bit much. Right. So we, hadn't, you, we, hadn't on, we hadn't been on tour like that long in years. It's been a long time. Most every trip I've gone on has been you know, two and a half weeks mo- at the most. So this five weeks, we're like, well, it's post COVID. We might as well go for a long one or longer. I didn't right. really want to go that long because I don't like I don't like leaving home. Right. You know, I I, I love my wife. <laughs> So I like I like hanging out with her. So, uh, um, yeah, so I you know, but it was one of those things where, yeah, if we want to hit all these spots, we got to do you know this this like the tour if we wanted to make this kind of money and right. just expenses though, it's crazy just the expenses wow. we had on okay. the trip. I'm sure I'm sure it's even crazier now. I mean, it's just the bridge, just the bridge in Denmark is like almost 400 euros. Right. Wow. From from you know Sweden to Denmark, it's it's fucking insane. I know. I know. Before the, all of this stuff that's going on right now, you never you rarely see bands coming this way towards America because it's so goddamn expensive. But I, and I can't imagine now. It must be like triple the price to to tour, especially overseas. Well, I mean, some some things, yeah. But you know, obviously, you make you probably make more when you're over there too. Right. And the shows are generally bigger. Well, I mean, some of the shows on our the sheer territory we did back in October were good, but it was still. I think there would have been more of a turnout if it was still a little more COVID friendly. 
Right. We did it in October, and it was like the last two weeks of October, and it was like, eh, maybe right. some of the attendance might have been better if it hadn't been for like, you know, one of the first shows, you know, where people were starting to go out. But I also heard a bunch of people got, got sick at our shows. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe, maybe October was a little bit soon. So I got a question, because seeing that we are, we, we talk coffee and hardcore, you big coffee fan? Yes. I've been drinking coffee. I've been drinking coffee. I've been drinking since I was eight. Oh, the thing is, I would go to my grandparents for for dinner because my mom was always working, and uh, you know they I wanted what they were having, so they they had fucking Maxwell House in a percolator, right? And they poured me some, but it was mo- almost mostly milk and like three giant spoonfuls of sugar. You know something? I drink it. The exact same way now. <laughs> nice. People, <laughs> I'll go to Starbucks and I'm like, I want 10 sugars and about two inches of half and half. And usually they, if they don't scoff, they go, you know, I, I've had people, oh, how about you have some coffee with your cream? You know, like that kind of shit. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm not going to criticize how you, you know, I'm not going to criticize how you want your coffee. Don't criticize how I like mine. Right, right. I like, I like mine white and sweet. Nice. Like my women. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So, so what's your go-to? What's like, what's your go-to coffee? Oh, um, well, I, I I just, actually, I just bought an espresso machine. I'm waiting for it to arrive tomorrow. Nice. We're in Europe. A couple couple places had those. I I like the convenience of it and the fucking coffee is really good. Mm. So yeah. You know, if I have, um, I don't know. I like, I like Starbucks. Fuck it. Fuck people who don't. It's, <laughs> don't be, I mean, all right. Some people might call, you know, the thing is, it's funny. Like people would call people drink Starbucks, like snobs because they like Duncan. People like Duncan. People like yeah. Starbucks. But, you know, I've been in, I've been in a lot of different places in the world and I've had Starbucks in, in most of them. Cause when I get there, I usually, wherever I am, I'll try to find where, where's the nearest Starbucks. Right. And, uh, I was in I was in Santiago, Chile. I got to some local place and I got some awful, god awful coffee. It really sucked. I mean, not everywhere in South America has good coffee. It's just like everywhere else. Right. And then uh, since that one sucked, I went, all right, where's the nearest Starbucks? Because at least <laughs> when I go to Starbucks, no matter where I am in the world, I know what I'm getting. There's no real there's no real guesswork. So I've been in Starbucks in. Uh, Red Square in Moscow. <laughs> I've been at Starbucks in just about every every like major city in Europe. And not that I'm like you know I I love the shit, but it's you know one of those I know what I'm getting, and that's kind of you know consistency is good in some ways. Right. I don't I don't think of you know Starbucks as this like, evil evil corporation, even though they may <laughs> probably, they probably are. It's just co- you know it's just coffee. Fuck it, you know when it comes down, it's just something you drink. I'm not like I, I agree. And, and now that like, like a, a, now that like Dunkin's is like four bucks for a coffee and it's trash, I'd rather spend the four four fifty at Starbucks. You yeah. know, like I get a I get a venti like regular a Pike's Place drip coffee and it's three nineteen here. Right, it's cheaper. Right, yeah, it's cheaper than fucking Dunkin's. But you know, well, everybody has you know like it's like pizza. It's subjective. Some people love one kind of pizza. Some people like another kind of pizza. 
We're right. never going to agree. Like some people love Duncan. <laughs> let them love Duncan. If they, that's what they're going to drink. <laughs> but let me drink Starbucks if I want to. Right, right. I let, you know, I have, I have a really good, I've got a Breville espresso machine. I've got an espresso machine coming. I like this, there's a, um, it's called an AeroPress. Yes, I have so one of those. I'll, I'll make an AeroPress. And that's fucking delicious. It makes a really good cup of coffee. Yes. Um, so it depends on what you use for beans. Yeah. A lot of times. So, you know, if you got some specialty coffee, then it'll, it'll be that much better. So anyway, yeah. Actually, I wanted to, I thought about going to like take classes and buying a roaster and, you know, roasting mm-hmm. my own, but I haven't done it because I'm just probably fucking lazy. <laughs> Yeah, we we have some friends now that um that are roasters. We had Oak and Crow up in uh, the oh, Finger yeah, Lakes yeah, in New York. He was, he was gonna make one for me. He was gonna have a oh wow. But I yeah. wanted um he he came with me came to me with the idea of doing a like a you know a, you know a Jack Kelly coffee. But I told him I wanted um to use robusta beans instead yeah. of arabica. I wanted robusta because there's a higher caffeine content in robusta, but they're it's not quite as good quality, but I wanted to make a, like a cowboy coffee, right? like right. literally like a sort of recreation of the you know stuff you put in a pot and put it over a campfire. Right. But he couldn't find the right, like, yeah, he could get the beans, but he doesn't use Robusta. So we'd have to buy an entire giant bag of them or something in order to, to make my coffee. And it just wasn't going to be like as cost effective. But yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to do on Jack Kelly's Cowboy Coffee. Mick, you got you want to hit him with the regular questions? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we yeah. we always ask everybody this question after the coffee question. We ask this one. Okay. Um, is what is your like go to? It could either be like a TV show or an album that you listen to. That like, if someone knew that you were like into that TV show or listen to that album, they were like, they, they would just be blown away. Like what the heck really? Like, do you have something like not so much? embarrassing? Yeah, I mean, but, not, I mean, I, I watch a lot of anime, a lot of uh, hardcore. That's not supposed to be hardcore. People have you know, messaged me. Oh, you're a fucking weeb. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like it, it's just another if if a good if it's a good story, what difference does the media make? You know, right, I like right. I like some anime. It's, so right. what? Some of right. it's really well done. Some of the some of it's really like great stories and 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 funny. Some of them is just like slice of life kind of funny shit. And it, I don't know I like that. But yeah, a lot of people they find out I'm into that. But the thing is, I got tattoos all over my legs, like anime characters. So it's not like that's right. a secret. It's not like I right. keep it a secret. Right. I mean, maybe the other thing would be like, I've been into the drum and bass scene, like from the like mid '90s, like when I first, from the first time I heard like a Goldie record or something like that, I was fucking hooked. I was like, "What is this?" And I used to go to London a couple times a year just to go to like drum and bass shows. Nice. Way back and like way back late late '90s, early 2000s, and then I was part of like the there was a Boston. There was actually we had a pretty decent Boston drum and bass scene. Yep. It was like two, there was like a Sunday night and a Wednesday. Wednesday night at Axis was like drum and bass night. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've, I've been into all that shit for years and years. I love I like listening to mostly electronic music, EDM in my own time. That's kind of what I, I don't listen to hardcore. All the good <laughs> shit. 
I mean, I like playing it. I like writing it. Right. I, haven't heard a good, I haven't heard a good band since 83. <laughs> everything, right. you know, everything since then has been just rehashed. And I love not, it. And not as, it's a rehash and not as good. I mean, maybe, yeah, call me, you know, whatever, hardcore snob or old timer. Okay, right. boomer, you know, hardcore boomer. But, yeah, hardcore I don't know. Boomer. I think mostly everything was done already. Anything great. And everything else is kind of, I guess, derivative from that. But uh, yeah, you, you can't top original Black Flag and Minor Threat, early Bad Brains, all that kind of stuff. You just you know, can't recreate it. And I, I sometimes, yeah, I feel bad for some people that weren't born and didn't get to see it. Right. Like if you didn't get to see Minor Threat, and I saw him a bunch of times. You know, but, but I don't think like, oh, ooh. I, I got to play with the Misfits. I, I got to see such and such. I just happen to be older than you. Doesn't, right. make, me, doesn't make me better than you, or, I, or you know, or because I saw the Bad Brains or I talked to them. I used to, you know, HR would give me hugs, make me any, any fucking special. So what? I just happen to be old, and I was there. That's all. Right. <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. Well, let right. me ask you this. What? Uh, what advice would you give like a young band that's that's you know just starting out like you know like what would you tell them uh, be pro- be professionals and like okay like i said earlier like face the fucking crowd i couldn't tell you how many bands i've watched like just uh, like out of the rehearsal studio or like new bands where the singer never looks at the crowd he just paces back and forth like if you don't like make eye contact Right. It doesn't matter like who you're looking at. Just try. I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Tony Bennett or some famous singer had this comment that really stuck with me. He would literally during the night of the show just try to make eye contact with every single person in the audience. And even sometimes if there's a crowd there, I'll like point to somebody. I'm not actually pointing to anybody at all. Right. It's like, you know, or sometimes I'll look at somebody and point at them and they're like, me? <laughs> and it, just kinda, if you make eye contact and engage with the audience, they're going to engage with you. And I, I've always kind of like the eye contact thing is a, is a big deal and facing your fucking crowd. I've been to shows where the, the singers facing the drummer, the guitar player and the bass player, they're all facing right. the fucking drummer. The audience right. is out here. I'm watching the show and your back is to me. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> you're never I, honestly i don't think you're gonna go anywhere doing no. like that right right yeah so yeah that's kind of, that's kind of the advice it's sort of like it, it seems uh, duh but <laughs> you know there's a lot of bands out there that really just haven't got a clue right right and they're not going to go anywhere because they you know they, they're perpetually in rehearsal you're playing for an audience that paid to see you so if you're the first band, I've always, uh, I was telling my wife earlier, it's like, I've always had the attitude that when we play, I want to make the bands, like say, like, say we open for whoever, some big band or whatever. I want to make them regret putting us on the bill. Right. Yeah, that's just how I, I, I face those adversities sometimes. Like, all right, we're third, we're second out of four bands and two bigger bands than you are playing. I want to make those two bigger bands regret playing after us. Right. It's like maybe a, a little bit of competitive sort of edge, but 
it makes you play better. I think it makes me, you know, make me want to like go nuts. And even if people are standing there watching, if you're like the second band and no one's ever seen you before, so fucking what? Play your show. Look at the audience and engage them and put up. Just go fucking wild. <laughs> people, people, you know, people will remember. Right. It's good stuff. But so, yeah, just pro- professionalism. Awesome. That's my thing. So is there anything that you want to like, um, like push or, or no. tell people like, Hey, no. get this. No, <laughs> no, I don't want to push that. <laughs> no, no, I don't have anything in particular that I, right. I, I'd be like, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't, I watch some TV. I don't really watch a lot of TV. I watch movies, but I end up usually watching the same movies over and over again. Cause I've got, I've got anxiety issues. So I, mm-hmm. I, gen- I tend to watch stuff I've already seen because then I'm not stressed. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like also like, was, I like, I like some video games, but I never like, I've never liked games like, you know, horror games, things like that. Cause I play to escape, not to be scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Right. I don't want to be right. terrified when I'm playing a game. I just want to escape for a little while and do mindless shit. So right. again, right. I play the same games over again, over and over again. I'll play like Portal and Half-Life 2. I'll go back and start them over again and just play through them again. Because, I, you know, playing new games <laughs> stresses me out. And honestly, I'm a gamer, but I've kind of always been um, stuck in uh, mediocrity. Like, I used to love doing deathmatch death games and shooters and Counter-Strike. And I was okay. I was okay. But if anyone had any actual talent at all, they just annihilate me in like two seconds. Right. No matter how much I played, no matter how much I played, I could play like days and days and days of time and never get any better at it. Not really. I might know a little bit more about the game than the person playing against me might, but that's how, that's the only way I'd win. It wouldn't be for my, wouldn't be for my skill because I set some kind of trap for them or something. Well, well, I know, I know we're all really excited about the new Slapshot coming out and the new Stars Definitely. and Stripes. Like, we're, we're pretty pumped about it. That, yeah, I, I really love the new Stars and Stripes. It's really fun. Uh, I, I need to record the vocals, but the vocals I've written are really fucking great. <laughs> That's funny. One, one, was, one of them's almost like a history lesson. It was like, I, I kind of wrote it in like schoolhouse rock style. But it's, <laughs> nice. But, it, but it's oi. It's, it's fucking, right. it's funny. But the thing is, no one's going to catch it, I don't think. You know, like, hey, that's all I like to do. I like to throw a little, I like to throw a wrench in the works sometimes and see if people figure it out. Right. It's, it's kind of fun that way. Like, like, you know, with the Stars and Stripes stuff, I still hear, I don't, I, they, we were either fakes or full on like Nazis. There was no in between. <laughs> like, no you like, you're like, no one could figure out the lyrics whether I was being serious or I wasn't being serious. And honestly, <laughs> that's not my, that's, some of them were, some were right. dead serious. Some were just absolutely taking the piss out of the, the genre. So some people like, like, oi, aficionados, which honestly, I think of all like the genres of like punk rock skin, like this oi and skinhead scene, they're the most elitist fucking assholes ever. Like seriously, right. if you haven't been around and you haven't been like, we, there was a festival going on in Germany a few years ago, and um, every 
boy band of the fucking the Templars, um, Bishop's Green, everybody was fucking playing this, except for Stars and Stripes. We didn't get invited. So I, I did some digging. It turns out that I guess we're not a real skinhead band because we're like a hardcore band. We're a hardcore band playing skinhead music. I said, what the f- I, I can't. I started a label, a fucking oi label. I put out Stars and Stripes, I put out the bruises, and I put out like I've been listening to this shit since like the beginning of like oi and skinhead music. Just because right. just because I don't wear bleach jeans and docks every fucking day. Doesn't, you know what I mean? But, but for a lot of a lot of those guys, that's what you gotta do. You gotta live it. If you don't live it 24-7, you're you know, you're a, a faker. Right. But tell me any, you know, tell me any of these bands. Like Booze and Glory. You know the the you know they talk about being the London firm. They're, right, they're from fucking Poland. They're not from, they're not from London. <laughs> so yeah, it, it kind of got under my skin a little bit. That you know, like come on, but it is what it is. The stars, the new stars, are great. Slapshot. We'll see what happens. I, I I still honestly would like to go in and change a couple things, but we'll see. We're we haven't. I haven't. You know, like I said, I haven't talked to the guys since we got back. So we got to figure out what we're going to do and finish up. You think it'll be a fall or a like I winter? Doubt, I doubt it at this point, just because because of COVID, all the pressing plants, yeah, all the yeah. manufacturers are all fucking really backed up. So who the fuck knows? Right. And eventually, hopefully, it'll come out, but I have no no clue when, no idea. Yeah. It's nuts. I and I've heard some. I've heard some good stuff. Though. I've heard there's some folks that's actually working on putting out some more pressing plants like they're actually gotten some funds and they're like going to start oh, doing that so that, that's good yeah i suppose on a small scale you could probably open your own like mom yeah pressing i don't know how much a pressing <laughs> how much right. record presses are costing <laughs> right right and no one want, no one wants cds anymore right no went back to cassettes but i honestly i i, I don't own any vinyl i don't own any any cds nothing if it doesn't come on digital, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, I like, I like, you know, yeah. Back when I was a kid, having the physical album, you know, I'd listen to the record and stare at the, you know, the record saver. I, I have, I kind of sure, wax nostalgic for that kind of stuff. But you know, I mean, times change, and I don't want to have stacks of <laughs> stacks of heavy records. I, I did, been there, done that. Right, right. You know, it takes up space that I don't have, and fuck it. If I can get on Apple Music or Spotify or something, that's that's where I'll get it. Convenience. I got, I don't, I'm yeah. not a like record collector or any of that shit. I don't have any Slapshot stuff. Really? I either, I either gave it all, gave it away, or sold it, or I don't care. I don't. I'm not like like Roger from AF. He has everything. He kept everything. I don't know. He must have a vault somewhere full of AF stuff, but I've got nothing. We're totally opposite. I've got nothing. The laminates. I'll get laminates from a tour and be like, "Hey, you want you want one?" I just, I'm not like, I don't hold on to shit and look look back on it and go, "Oh, I remember this day." Pepperidge Farm remembers. I don't. I don't care. When you guys stop being a band, I've got the memories. I've got the memories. I don't need all the shit. Nice. Like I gave away, I gave away my slap shot jacket. And probably just probably some girl at some point. I don't even fucking know what I did with it. But yeah, I, I don't have anything. I've got maybe a couple things. Like okay, 
I've got the, the Slapshot action figure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Some, someone made that. It's like hand, handmade. I don't even know what it's supposed to be. But anyway, yeah, I've got that. But that's, a, that's like sitting over there by the TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't awesome. Even, I don't even look at it. So. <laughs> <sighs> Well, do, do, do you have any parting thoughts, anything, any, any wisdom you want to lay on us before we go? No, I've, I've imparted whatever. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any wisdom. Uh, honestly, I'm just, like I said, I'm just a regular schmuck with uh, a nerd with a, a, some, a modicum of uh, talent. I can write songs and that's, that's my thing, I guess. Well, and a lot of, I mean, a lot of people, like, you know, oh, I could never do that. You know, a lot of people can't just like, like they might hum something, but it's something they've heard. I hum something that no one's ever heard before. That's the, that's the difference. Sometimes you know, I, I'll write something while I'm driving or riding my bike or in the shower or whatever, just like everybody. Right, right now, I'm not writing shit because we just wrote something. And it'll never get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> and honestly, honestly. <laughs> As, as much as I, I'm still in great shape, uh, I still like playing shows. It can't go on forever. Right, I'm gonna right. be I'm gonna be fucking sixty in November. Wow! Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I think, hey, you know, sixty is a good round number to call it call it a day. But we'll see. I never, I never like wanted to be one of those bands that like we're playing our last show, and then two years later you're offered <laughs> you're twenty grand to play a show right. and you you know, come back and do it. Yeah, shit, I'll right. come back and play for 20 grand. I don't think I, I've never had a 20 grand payday. I've never had a 20 grand payday in my life. Right. It's amazing to me that, that there are people out there that think I'm some kind of like a millionaire yeah. because of Slapshot and, you know, all the other shit. It doesn't right. work like that. No. It doesn't work like that. I'm just happy people hurt, hear my music, never mind sell it. Right. Yeah. You know, I like, I could, could care less if all my music ended up on on uh you know free downloads i i that's all you know it's cool that people get to listen to it but i i never if i did it for the money i would have quit 20 25 fucking years ago you know like, right. right right i do it i do it because i like writing songs still i like performing i like going places but i don't like traveling to places because <laughs> <laughs> it's really touring is really fucking uncomfortable after you've been doing it a long time and we're not big enough where we, you know, we've got like a bus and we can, like turn, turnstile, apparently this last trip they were going on, there was nothing available to, to rent, like to, to get around. They bought a bus. They bought a bus. <laughs> <laughs> like it fucking must be nice. Right. Like, right. Like, you know, they play for like $25,000 a night. It's crazy. I, you know, in, probably in my career, like, all right, they, they're supposed to be making like a million and a half on, a, on their tour. I've never probably one of their shows. I've never made as much in my entire career as as, as they're doing in like one tour. Right. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? like, <laughs> but you know, it's it's a lot of it's timing. True. I mean, like bands, like I keep saying, like you know, we could break up, and ten years from now, a band could come along and sound exactly like us. Yeah. Be number one. Be right, like the right. biggest hardcore band in the world because. Because tastes change, and maybe you know we've never been right for the time, but maybe at some point someone will. Yeah, right. it, like money, money, Boston. Who knew it? 
you know, they were around for a long time. They broke up, I think, twice before they finally wrote yeah. you know, Devil's Night Out and hit it big. Yeah, you just never know. Mm-hmm. Just never fucking know. Yeah, yeah they wrote, wrote some great songs, but it's also a lot, a lot of it's a lot of it's timing and being in the right place at the right time. Comes back around too. Like it, it, I feel like you get like a a big circle. You know, stuff hits people's ears different. Well, you won't hear the, you won't hear the Boston's anymore. <laughs> They're all done, right? They are until they yeah. get off at twenty thousand for a show. Dickie, uh, well, no, <laughs> no. Dickie got fired from Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, for being a uh, MAGA indie vaxxer. Oh, yep, yeah. I don't know about MAGA, but yeah, he's a serious anti-vaxxer. So Kimmel fired him, got rid of him. <laughs> and now they're not playing anymore. Right. So good good luck to you, Dickie. <laughs> 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 I, I fucking hate Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand it. Uh, <laughs> Can't stand it. I hate Scott. Uh, well, it's been awesome having you on the Thank show. You. Thank I really you. appreciate it. We, we really appreciate it. We've been looking forward to this ever since, ever since we knew it was going to happen. We've been really looking forward to it. So well, I hope it was somewhat entertaining for you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, that's, Definitely. That's kind yeah. of what it's, that's what it's about. You know? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think people are going to love it. Honestly, I think it's going to be a good show. So yeah. Thank you so, so much. Sure. Thank not you. a problem. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Have a good night guys. You too. Thank you, sir. Take it easy. Sure. Yeah. Bye. Coffee, 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 coffee. Coffee, coffee. All right. It's that time of the show. We're talking about coffee. It's fresh pots. And we got some good stuff this week. Here's the deal, though, guys. I don't I don't have a coffee to review this time. Wah, wah, wah. I I uh I, I kind of started a new job. We finally got our old house on the market. I've got a, a leaky roof problem on the new house, and I'm trying to get the insurance to uh, actually do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> so it's it's been a little crazy the last uh, the last month. So um, yeah, that's why I don't have a coffee for this month. So except for for uh, cheap coffee, which saving <laughs> that for another time, like generic coffee that's good. So, but you guys have some great coffee. Uh, to review and i'm a little jealous that you got to try this stuff out so maybe maybe i will partake in the review and be like oh yeah i need to order that so what do you guys got for us this month what do you got steven what i got all right so coffee coffee i got um a company from new hampshire uh, which i came upon um on a little vacation we took to the white mountains it's called flight coffee company um it's really good stuff and they have a whole bunch of different things going on. Um, the, the one that I tried was a um, Guatemalan blend. Um, it's a Hugh Hugh Tenango origin and it's washed. It's cherry with dark chocolate. If you like cherry, it, it pops. Like it's the cherry makes it the dark chocolate brings it all together and doesn't, it, it keeps the cherry down. If that makes sense. It doesn't like, um, go out of control with the, the cherry flavor. So it's really good, solid uh, cup of coffee. The company's really cool. They have um, they have some espresso blends mm. that I need to get my hands on. I haven't got a taste of those yet, but uh, 
They look very intriguing. They have some um, some killer names. You know, they they, ding, they ding, hook ding. you. <laughs> they hook you. <laughs> That's right. You did That's that one on purpose. I yeah. I kind of <laughs> did there. Um, um, you know, they got Space Dog, Smitten Kitten, Moonshot, um, Liftoff, Roger That. So it's all based around the the flight, the moon, the um, you know, taking off type um, scenario. Um, I, I was doing a little reading on the um, the company, and and they didn't name themselves just after the the whole space thing. They uh, they keep referring to the flight as in um, when you're, you're tasting coffee. Um, it's called flight, and it, it it's just it they they're very well packaged, very well um, put together. It's top quality, uh, not crazy expensive. Um, the place I got the coffee from was called the uh, Moonshot Cafe. It's in uh, Lincoln, right in the middle of the, the White Mountains. Um, another great, great establishment. So I got nothing but good things to say. Uh, this is, it's really good. Definitely go check them out and uh, get some coffee because this stuff's killer. That's two. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> huh? So was yours, was that, was that a medium or dark or light? Which it's like, it's a, it's, it's like a, me- a little more than medium. So it's, you know, in, in the middle there, but it, yeah, it's, I know you like chocolate, so I think I think you'd oh, like yeah. this. It um, it's not it's not crazy like oh my god, that's too much cherry. The the dark chocolate brings it down a little bit and, and keeps it all together. So yeah, it's it. You pop the bag open, the aroma is delicious. It's just a very delicious taste. Uh, it goes very well with um, pancakes. I will tell you that um, most things do, but yeah, it, <laughs> it was uh, it was um, it, it's good. It's not too desserty. It's a it's a solid cup of coffee. Nice. Wiley, what do you got? Yeah, I'm here. I know you got something good. I know you got something good. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So I got the coach from Quarry Stone Coffee out of Bangor, Pennsylvania, roasted by Oliver on the podcast, good friend Mark Sylvester. Let's give a little golf clap for Mark. Yes. (laughs) So, (laughs) and I was going to say, Mick, (laughs) <laughs> you sort of have a coffee to review because remember, this is like the third bag he sent me, but remember he sent me a bag on accident that was dark and I ended up sending oh, it yeah. to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you sort of you sort of have a coffee to review. I do you know what? And I have the notes for that here in this notebook right now. Cause I was Whoa. yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Look at that. Wiley, that. Wiley with Wiley with the save. <laughs> Two Corey Stone coffee reviews. Boom. So, <laughs> I should put the um the GIF. Yes. I'm, the gif? <laughs> yeah, the gif. <laughs> um yes. I'm drinking it. I'm drinking it right now. Nice. The coach. So let's get into it. So I kind of have like, well, let's just get into it. It's a medium roast coffee. Right. On the label is Coach Paul Farnan. <laughs> I think I said it right. I don't know. He's a Bangor high school football coach who coached from 1965, 1997, when he retired. And I did not know this information. I had to reach out to Mark to ask him. <laughs> I had no idea. Farnan, Paul, Far- Paul Farnan, F-A-R-N-A-N. Yeah, Farnan? That sounds about right. I'm going to get yeah. hate mail. You, you are. You're going to be in trouble. From Bangor High School alumni. <laughs> Um, but again, this is the third bag of coffee that Mark has sent me since he's been roasting. And, uh, I'm pretty sure Mick, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's been roasting 
it's been about a year, right? Yeah, it's been about a year. Yeah. Yeah, something around there. Um, yeah. But let me tell you, in my opinion, he has gotten way better with time and practice. Yeah. Right. Uh, because the first peg that he sent me, I think it's been about a year ago, like we said, it needed some work. And um, I know he was, he was like, he was on the right track. And he actually asked me like, hey, I'm going to send you this free baked coffee. It's one of my first ones I've roasted, but doing a lot of research. Um, can you give me some constructive criticism? Like, I know it needs some. So he knew, like, he wasn't like, hey, kiss my butt. He's like, hey, let me know how to fix it. Right. And you know me, I gladly gave it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> and you know him, he accepted it very well. He did. Um, and he fixed things. And not just because of me, he asked a bunch of people. And he took that to heart. And I know we've been talking back and forth about it. And so I'm like, dude, I want, it's been a year. Send me, send me a bag or I'll buy a bag or whatever you want to do. And I want to review it. He's like, no, no, I'll send it to you. I'd gladly love for you to review it. So, but you know, it's normally a standard size bag coffee, $10 for eight ounce. And that's cheap. Like I know next time we're going to, next episode, we're going to do a uh, budget coffee, right. but 10 bucks, like nowadays that's budget coffee. Oh right. yeah. I dig it. I really dig this cup. I just took a sip now. I really do. I'm glad he put the work into making his craft so much better and making a much better cup of coffee. So Mark and I were chatting and he said, I said, well, what do people usually, uh, what do they think of this coffee? Usually the coach. And he's like, well, I don't know. They just say it tastes like a good old diner cup of coffee and that they really enjoy it. And I was like, yeah. okay. Like, I just kind of wanted to know what people were saying beforehand, just, you know, right. Whatever. So brewed it at work. It smelled so good. My office was smelling like this coffee. That's a good sign. Right. Sniffed it. Cause remember I sniffed it before the first time I thought it smelled a little burnt. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The first bag he sent me, I told you that, but this one, perfect. Nice. And the first bag a year ago, by the way, like, um, tastes so great. And I'm going to get into a little story here that I wrote out because you know me. Um, but here we go. I'm going to jump into this story because this is when I drank it, like maybe this is me like overthinking it, but this is where it took me. Y'all ready for this? I'm ready. You ready Bring for it. it? Yes. Go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it reminds me of going into a greasy spoon, mom, pop breakfast joint on tour with your band. So you pull up in your van. It barely makes it to the next show. Mickey, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, it's a hole-in-the-wall <laughs> restaurant in a small town. And you're like, whoa, this place is still, like a place that looks like it was out of business for like, you know, 20 years, but it's still open. You sit down to eat your eggs and toast. And wow, these eggs are amazing. <laughs> and they're from a local family farm that doesn't do commercial farming. You're like, what? <laughs> the waitress says, Yeah. These eggs are from this local place, this local farm just down the road. And we collect them. And, we, and you're like, what? This is crazy. And then they tell you, I'm going to bring out some coffee that's locally roasted in PA. You sip it. And you're like, wow, that's a crisp, clear, smack in the flavor of the mouth diner coffee right there, y'all. <laughs> the whole experience is overwhelming in context of the situation and environment of this rundown yet gem of a mom pa greasy spoon this is what it reminds me of and that my friend are the places in america i hope to still find lingering in the dust of corporate america boom that's that what i wrote down that was that's, that's good, good. Yeah. yeah that was good all right 
So it truly does. It's truly a great cup of coffee. It really reminds me of that. I will buy this coffee. I actually reached out to Mark Sylvester and asked him how to buy it. Cause right now he doesn't have a website. They're working on it. Right. And he said, he said, you gotta, you gotta get a hold of them, get a hold of him, Facebook message him, um, or get a hold of the shop on Facebook. That's Quarry Stone Coffee. And they will send you some coffee. You just PayPal them. Um, but like I said, man, it has a crisp, flavor, flavorful spark that slaps you in the tongue. Bam! I recommend this coffee. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Since you reminded me that you had sent me that dark roast, I got, yeah. my, I got my notes here. And this is what I wrote. And I, and I know this was like from, what was that? That was probably six months ago. Yeah, six months ago. So no, so maybe he's, five. Maybe five. Yeah, and, and he's, you know, and he still was working on that. And I don't think he had a name for it yet. But now, I believe he's calling that uh, dark roast the Rosetto Rose, Rosetto effect. I think so. Something like that. Was, yeah, yeah. And okay. and what I what I wrote from back then was it was deep, dark, smoky, a little bit of chocolate, but kind of had that toasty. You know, mm-hmm. like when you're when you like. Not like when you toast a marshmallow, but when you're by a campfire and you have that smoke and it not overwhelming, but kind of like that smell. That's what it kind of reminded me. Almost like almost like a good camp kind of coffee. Like so, cinnamon toast crunch man? No, nah, not cinnamon. There wasn't no cinnamon in our toast. Just just like dark and smoky and and just real rich. And um I was like, man, this is really good. And <clears throat> I think uh I think my only complaint then was is that sometimes like it got a little too much smoke like uh, almost a little too much but i got on like while we were talking i was like like you i wanted to hear what other people were saying so i got on and found uh what he was calling his dark roast and then i saw a bunch of people were saying the same thing and that it wasn't overwhelming so he's like you said he's been working on this getting better and now like if i'm not mistaken i think he even has his stuff in a couple shops there in pennsylvania too i think you're right yeah, I think so. He's been branching out, and Mark's like Mark's like taking over Bangor, PA. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, and he was doing that uh, the firehouse coffee through Oak and Crow. Yeah, and I think he moved it to his coffee company, Quarrystone. If I'm if I'm right, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm uh, right. I think yeah. I saw that. Yeah, the the dragon one. Yeah, the, what was this called? Something. Yeah, smoke eater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Smoke Eater and has a dragon on the thing. So yeah, it looks like he did move that to his too. Because I just saw that on his Facebook page. So so I yeah. recommend this coffee. He's our good yep. friend. We love the dude. He's got a huge heart. He's a volunteer firefighter. He does a lot for his community there in yep. Pennsylvania. And he actually, uh, he actually hops on here and tells you a little bit how he's got his Corey Stone Coffee Company started. And uh, you're going to hear that now from him. So let's drop that, man. What's up, coffee and hardcore listeners? This is Mark Sylvester of Quarry Stone Coffee, located in Bangor, Pennsylvania. We've been serving the Slate Belt for a little over a year now, but we are starting to ship all over the country. We have four staple blends in heavy rotation, the Chief, the Coach, the Rosetto Effect, and Eyes with Pride, but we are currently rolling out more as we speak. If you have any questions, you can head over to our Facebook page, Quarry Stone Coffee, and give us a like and shoot us a message there, or you can shoot us an email at quarrystonecoffee at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to get back to you. As always, thank you to Wiley, Mick, and Steven for their support and love. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Two, two, two.
What's up, guys? It's Jesse Holly from The Sat Tire. I'm excited to be talking to all you coffee and hardcore kids about our new EP that's coming out through the Chiron Collective. That EP is titled The Dialogue, and this is an album we have been working on for far too long. If you guys do not know, the satire is Brian Gray from The Blamed, Sid Dufour from Head Noise and The Blamed, Travis Turner from Aletheon, Brad Demlow and myself, and we've been from a lot of local projects out of the Chicago area. The satire has a lot of that old-school, hardcore feel. And when I say old-school and I say hardcore, what I'm referring to is that coalesce feel, that botch, little bit of dead guy, and a twist of a neat number of other bands. So we try not to limit ourselves, but that's where we find our sweet spot. This album is a passion project that we've been working on for a long time, and it's really taken us way too long to get here. And the reason being is we are primarily a studio band. We are spread out around the country, predominantly in the Chicago area, but not even bound to that when it comes to the state of Illinois. We have been working on this idea that we want to talk about the idea of having conversation. So this EP is actually a part of a larger whole. And the first EP itself is called The Dialogue. And then our full length will eventually be called The Conversation. And the idea is we've come to the conclusion that there's too many of us that sit down and we're unable to talk to each other, what it's about, whether it's about faith or politics. No matter what topic we're talking about, people draw swords and they don't listen. Even in the band, we don't agree on things across the board, politically or socially or religiously. And we feel it's important just to sit down and listen and have conversation. This album has a lot of those heavy ideas in it, and it's really not even bound to the topics that most people would think when we're talking about those ideas. It's just bound to real life and experience, pain, and the idea that we need to do this together. We need to do this as a community. So I hope you guys give it a listen. Check it out. You can find it on the Chiron Collective. You can find that page on Facebook. You can find the satire on Facebook. You can also purchase anything else you'd like from theblame.com. Hope you enjoy it.
review time and we got some we got some good awesome records that we're going to talk about (laughs) i was waiting for you to say killer but you didn't i did so i caught myself if you notice i caught myself and changed it (laughs) but all right i'm gonna go first all right and uh i got the band sidestep with their album control society and they are all the way from Gothenburg, or this, I guess I guess it goes by Gothenburg or Gothenburg, Sweden. The album came out in six six twenty two, and uh, for me, this album's just fun. Like, there's been so much stuff that comes out lately that's been serious and heavy and and very very good stuff, stuff that I really really dig. But man, this one just kind of just kind of hit me in the face. Like I was like. I just, it was just so much just angst and almost like a silliness to it. Not, not in a, um, not in a bad way, but I was really glad that, um, I was really glad Stephen that you put it on the list that we have, like it constantly grows and grows and grows. And I was just like, man, this is, this is just fun. It's, it's got like this, um, I don't know this angsty vibe and the riffs go from like this um like grungy sound like gritty grungy and then all of a sudden it drops into like a, a like a punk beat or an like a 90s hardcore beat kind of like almost you're wanting to do a little two-step or whatever and then it drops back into that just grunge like mm-hmm. sloppy tone and then out of nowhere you have turntables like yeah what? you do it's yeah, right? just like it's just like out of nowhere like what and it just for me it just made it even more fun i was like because normally i'm not into stuff like that but for me this one was like this is this is awesome and like i love the song bad week um just the the first section of lyrics are i don't know they just remind me of like an old an, a, like a late 80s early 90s hip-hop song like right. something that maybe like right. 
the Beastie Boys or even Run DMC would put out. Like just, it's just, and I, I even wrote them down. It says, I've had a bad week. I can't get no sleep. Coughing out my lungs. Been speaking in tongues. Uh, kicks covered in dirt. I've got blood on my shirt. Keep on staring and talk your bullshit. Like, <laughs> it's like okay. It's like, you know, like the last, you know, six months has just been, I've, everything that I've been digging into has been real heavy and content heavy and it's, and it's good stuff, like very therapeutic. But all of a sudden I find this band, I'm like, dude, this is fun. Like, this is one that I might even like, if the band was playing, I might jump in the pit and kick somebody like this is hilarious. And right. I don't know. I just, I just dug it. And Steven, so I'm so glad that, that, that you brought it. And so I know you dig it and you even like the artwork. So, so what, oh, did, yeah. you think, what did you think about it? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, so I, I love the band. I love the, the sound. It definitely is super fun. So it's a, a different um, switch for me. And the, the artwork is with all the sharks. <laughs> I, I named it Sharknado because yes, it just reminds me of like this whirlwind sharks everywhere on a bus. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. And it's, um it's brought to, they teamed up with Triple B Records, which, yeah. um you know, a solid record company. I still, to this day, am convinced that it, they, it stands for Boston baked beans. So prove me wrong. Um, but um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's catchy. It's super catchy. Um, it, it definitely can, it can, it gets you in a good mood. It's, um, you know, it's not super serious where, you know, you're overthinking things, but definitely gets you moving and grooving. So um, I loved it and I'm glad you loved it. Um, Wiley, what, what did you think about Sharknado? This is what I, I I'm waiting for Wiley's <laughs> review. This is what I want to hear. <laughs> Well, as you know, there's a story attached to this because there's always a story. <laughs> so this EP had seven tracks. So I put yeah. this on as I was working because, as you know, I'm always at work. Um, and I was making screens, and I was thinking, it's pretty good, son. Super dig it. Heavy, almost hip-hop sounding guitars. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, rhythm. I like the rhythm of this. Uh it, you know, it makes you bob your head. It's heavy. It's super groovy. Um, anyways, into my story here. I remember it was movie night. I was at work on Friday and Saturday was supposed to be movie night with the wife and the boy. And um, I knew I was supposed to, I knew. So he's into dinosaurs. And so I was like, let's get original Jurassic Park, right? Because he likes to, nice. to watch the dinosaurs and whatever. And I was like, what better movie? Um, so what I did was I put my headphones on because I wanted to still listen to this. And so I put my headphones on and I walked to Bucket of Blood. Um, I was like, I could use a walk, you know, so whatever. So I'm walking, walking around the corner in Chicago. It starts to rain, actually. And I'm like, oh, this sucks, but whatever. So I'm walking and I'm listening to it. And all of a sudden, I actually, I get it. I'm like, this is perfect. This music makes me feel like I'm a thousand foot tall, like. <laughs> yes it's just yeah. it took me like actually taking a minute putting my headphones in walking and listening to it and i'm like looking around i'm like hell yeah i'm a thousand feet tall <laughs> <laughs> like so i'm walking a bucket of blood you know our local record movie and bookshop here and uh i i just it just hit me i understood it and it's you know it's probably like a 20 minute walk from my work uh, there and back. And I also put it on as I was driving home from work and it's great driving music also. Yes. Right. Um, right. It's just, it's good because it's, I think it's perfect for 
for not, I don't want to say just background music because it's right. more than that, but it's like perfect for the situation you're in. Like if you're in a freaking movie and it, that's the kind of music you'd want. If it's like you're walking down the street and you want to be a badass, you know, or you're driving home and you're like, <laughs> hell yeah, I'm a badass. <laughs> it's just so heavy and got those grooves and you just like vibe your head. Like, yeah, what up? I'm awesome, son. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so destination zero is my jam. I love oh, the backup vocals in that song yeah. so much, by the way. Um, it just has so much character and so much life to those backup vocals. The song kicks also. The turntables honestly threw me off at first. But yep. now that I know that they're going to be there, I don't think I could hear it without them. Right. So I approve of this record. And if it's your first time um, listening to it, wait till it's raining outside. Throw your <laughs> headphones on and take a walk in a city yeah nice yeah yeah it, it does have that feel, feel it. to it it does have that feel like i feel like there needs to be like you walking in there like there's graffiti yes you know, it's kind of like yeah and Chain even if you fans, saw people playing basketball yes sharks <laughs> playing basketball and even yes. if like a van was on fire and rolled up with sharks night, you'd be like that makes sense <laughs> be like I've right been- now in this moment that makes sense Yes, <laughs> I've been I've been jogging jogging to it a bunch lately, to be honest. And I, that's one of the things I've been jogging a bunch, and I love listening to hardcore when I jog. But it's so you've been rollerblading to it. Be I'm, honest. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like <laughs> I need a, I need more than a nine minute album. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 awesome stuff. It, um, they did a great job. They should be very proud of it. Mick, what's your track you're going to drop here? See, now I don't know because you guys like now now I want to do like now I want one of ours. I want to do the Destination Zero. Right. Do it. Like I, I like Bad Week so much, but then you brought up Destination Zero and I was like, oh yeah, I like that track too. So let's do Destination Zero instead. Cause that one I, I yeah. Let's drop Boom. that one. Let's Seriously, do it now. Here. I hear Boom. Comes. What I've got for you Do something about it Do it, do it What I hear you from What I've got for you Do something about it What you Do it, do it Hopefully you felt the Sharknado when you, <laughs> dude, heavy and groovy, man. I'm telling you, heavy and groovy. That shit kicks. 
Steven, you're up though, bro. Bro, oh, yeah. bro, Seif, bro, bro, Senado. So I um, that was bad. I I I was I went across the pond again because I'm stuck in the UK for some reason. Um, but it, I went with um a beatdown EP. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> so it came out um June 18th. It's a uh, loose ends WMBD. Uh, the EP is Manifest Destiny. And the WMBD does not stand for Wiley and Mix Break Dancing. It stands <laughs> for. It stands. That's for what West, I had my money on. <laughs> it's just for uh, West Midlands Beatdown, and I know and that you reached you reached out to him. Yeah, I know that because I had to ask them because I was so curious. I'm like, what does this thing stand for? So yeah, it, um, super cool, um, solid beatdown record. Um, it just it gets me going it's basically if, you, if you're a fan of brass knuckles baseball bats and hand grenades this ep is for you um, <laughs> it is it is blowing shit up um no but it's it's really good um classic beatdown vibe it's um it's so good you just you gotta listen to it the, the singer voice brings it all together for me um, the musicianship is very well put together, but his for his lyrics and voice definitely just, just brings this whole thing together. I just I love the um the sound of his voice. I can't get enough of it. My favorite track is Oppressor. Um, but honestly, nice. I love I love them all. They I definitely fell in love with this EP. Um I've been trying to share it around too. Everybody shared it too, has been digging it. So yeah, if, if you like beat down hardcore definitely an ep for you to check out it'll be on my the top of my list for that that um the end of the year stuff that we do um the oh, artwork, yeah, yeah how do you know that, that already i know because i know <laughs> i just i just it's <laughs> believe me this thing's been on repeat like um you got you got three picks till the end of the year and you're already putting this as one of your picks i think so i it's wow. it's been it's That's been bold, on my friend um yeah, it's good at the album artwork. It's got the it's July the Reaper. Still, I, I'm <laughs> telling you. All right, so people better stop bringing out some stuff then knock it off my list. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. I think it's great, but I'm saying that's bold to say that in July. Yeah. I, when you don't pick till December. It will it will only change five to six more times. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> the albums you send us change five to six times. Right. Wait, no, this one. Wait, no, this one. Can I do this one, dude? I've been listening to them. Right. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was. I almost did the one that Mick did. I, I honestly, in yours too, it, the one that you're gonna come up with. Yeah, mine's I, the best, I, uh, by the way. Yeah, I. <laughs> they're, Just they're all on. They're on the list. It's. No, um, I'm not kidding though. We're super lucky. We get. We keep getting new stuff all year long. Um, yeah dude you know, it's super it, this stuff's so good it's so good um but yeah so the the, the album artwork too killer it's got um ding, the ding, grim ding. reaper <laughs> grim reaper black and white illustrations um which i dig oh yeah that one was cool yeah yes so overall it's a solid solid ep mick what are your thoughts well here's my thoughts my thoughts are this is and this is how I wrote it in my notes. It's brutal, but I wrote brutal as in B-R-O-O-T-A-L. Oh. Yes. It's not with a it's not with a U, <laughs> it's with two O's. Brutal. Um, <laughs> but like brutal B-town, 
sometimes slothcore, which that's not a diss. I like it. That's amazing. Like, and then out of no- and then out of nowhere, it gets back into like speeds back up, and it's not even beat down anymore. It's like two step in- and then back into beat down, and then it slows down to slothcore, and then it picks it back up again. <laughs> Um, the vocals, I'm glad you brought them up. It took me a moment to like get into the vocals just because mm-hmm. they're just a little different. Um, but by the time I listened to this, oh, really, by the time I got to, I went from Snake Eyes to Oppressor, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm in. I, I like right. this. And, and plus, I like the fact that they called a song Snake Eyes because that immediately takes me back to my childhood in the 80s in G.I. Joe comic books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I I really 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 dig this. They're really they're a really tight band, mm-hmm. and one other thing that really stands out to me is the snare snaps in this song. Yes, it does. Like yeah. I totally like it was one of the first things that caught my attention was, wow, like that that snare's like up in the mix, and it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like it it makes it hit even harder. So right. yeah, I'm I'm down with it, and and I'm with you. I really dig Oppressor too. That's a good song. Wiley, your turn. All right, Wiley. It is heavy. (laughs) (laughs) My only gripe is it's only four tracks, but I mean, that's happening these days, you know, because people don't Mm -hmm. have attention spans. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Shit is heavy. I love the vocals. Yeah. The vocals make this band, in my opinion. If they had a different vocalist, nope. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I love the tone and attack of the vocals. Yeah. Yeah. I also love the ride bell on Snake Eyes. (laughs) dude in my notes that snare same thing so good that i can't get enough of that snare that snare sound i might message them and ask them how they got that snare sound yeah yeah um so i can use it on our next record but heavy heavy breakdowns i think i'm i think i'm also gonna go with snake eyes uh it's my favorite track personally I think this band has some great heavy guitar riffs and the drums hit perfect with the guitar, which is like really hard sometimes. Like usually it's like guitar or uh, sorry, drums and bass, but yeah, this, right. this, the drummer locks in with this guitar player and it's just, it makes them sound. I mean, they are phenomenal, but it makes the record sound phenomenal. Yeah. Um, heavy riffs, man. Um, I'll say, I'll say a, the only, I, another gripe I got with this, is a lot of the breakdowns sound very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm okay with it. I'll right. take it. Right. It's it's four songs, you know. Right. I'll say yeah. safety in numbers two is rad because of the spoken yeah. word, like kind of yes. rap thing that goes yeah. into like a heavy blah 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 like metal vocal thing. Right. right. Um I found the I found that contrast appealing to my ears and I'll say it's a great EP. Good job. I like it. I like it. Nice. Which song are we dropping? Yeah, Steven. I, I think we gotta go with Oppressor. I mean right. that that's yeah, definitely Oppressor. Throw that, throw that, throw that in there he is. Throw that under the bus now. Boom! <laughs> Transgressive! That's 
Great yes. band, great track, great hard-hitting, hardcore. <laughs> Thank you for that, Stephen. Of course. What do you what do you what do you got, Wiley? Let's let's get into the the nitty gritty. Well, I mean, I just picked the best band of the night, so you're welcome. <laughs> 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 I got uh, I got a really good band here, and before before I get into it, I'll say that Mick messaged me and said dude i'm so glad that you picked this band because they're so good and i can't yes. get enough of this vegan straight edge hardcore even though i'm not <laughs> vegan I, I love it <laughs> um but i was like yeah man but we got moral law yeah the album oh, yeah. the looming end released may of this year 2022 11 tracks wrap your head around that finally <laughs> they said we're going old school full length um i love this album new age records released it but i actually got a copy of it on another city records on a cassette tape and i play it at work all the time on my cassette player nice um, <laughs> but i actually i actually got it on accident like um i saw new age posting about it a lot and so i i saw the name but i really wanted that um I really, really wanted that prison suicide seven inch. And um, I really, oh, what else did I get? What was on another? I got that. And then I got the, the new um, Mark Allen Bradley's band disappear. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I ordered. And I needed like something for like six or seven bucks for free shipping or something or cheaper shipping. And so I was like, Oh, moral lie. I've heard that. So I just bought the tape. Cause it was like, six bucks or something dude i did not regret that <laughs> nice um it gives me like a vanguard feel with the intro honestly yeah. though like when yeah. i put that on i was like these mother effers <laughs> listen to vanguard and stole their intro <laughs> <laughs> but but like the more i listen to it it like musically it really doesn't sound like right vanguard at all no um but it's vegan, straight-edge, hardcore at its very best. And as you both know, I'm a sucker for vegan, straight-edge, hardcore. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I would love to have them on the podcast. And I know Mick yes. even asked, like, can we get them on the podcast? I'm sure they would do it because they are doing – they're giving a track for Up the Pups. Yeah. Two. Up the Pups, two. We'll talk, yes. we'll talk about that more later. <laughs> later. Um. <laughs> Or maybe earlier, maybe we did it in the intro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we had a great chat, Mick and I, talking to Vanguard. And I think uh, Moral Law will be a good add to the chat yeah. list for Coffee and Hardcore mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And with that being said, it's a heavy in-your-face record. Love the vocals and the drum snare tone on this one also. On point, both those things. Guitar riffs are unstoppable. 
and I love the harmonies. Yeah. Has a good mix of 80s guitar and 90s awesome, like Earth Crisis influence, I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, and a modern sound with all that combined. Um, a plus record, in my opinion. I'm a huge fan of the title track, The Looming End. I love how fast it is at first and the drum blast beats are so awesome. In my opinion, it's a perfect song and holy shit, the drummer is on fire. <laughs> yes. I also really dig In Effect a lot. Also, when it kicks in, that guitar groove is so good. But let's hear what yeah. you guys say before I drop my track. All right. What do you got, Steven? I, I, so I, I love them. Um, I definitely, I've been listening to this a bunch. They're a perfect new age records band. Uh, they fit yeah. the mold perfectly. I, I find myself daydreaming when I listen to them and not in a bad way, not like I'm getting, um, you know, sidetracked, but they make me think. Um, and they make me like, like, I don't know. If, Do they make you think it. about going vegan? No, it's it. Almost gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Almost like, gotcha. I do. I do a lot of listening in the car. So you know, I, I, I'm driving and I'm listening to their album, and, and next thing you know, I'm thinking about these. It just takes my 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 focus to the next level. Um, they get my mind moving, and I like that when when I come across an album like that. So um, the the lead, the the vocalist did an amazing job. Um, all of them are very talented. I, I dream of them, uh, contention and inclination doing a tour across the country because that would be a very good straight edge concert to, to check out. Um, you know, they get the crazy guitar riffs going. Um, it's it's solid. I love it. And I, I would be very excited to, to talk to, uh, to them on the podcast for sure. Yeah, um, yeah kind of booked up stuff. this whole year, though. I know we got to start working on the next year. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it would be, that's true. Uh, that's true. It, it would be cool to, to get them, um, get them on here for sure. Um, I know, I know I'm, I got to hear about Mick though. Cause I know that he he's digging this thing big time and he wants to, to share it with us. I can't quit listening to the record. I love it. I, I, like if you follow me on Instagram and you watch my stories, like almost oh, I every do. day, almost every day, there's a moral all song getting posted. Cause I keep finding new stuff that I like about it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I am a huge uh, Earth Crisis fan mm-hmm. as a band. Like I, I like their music. I really dig it. And I'm going. I'm. I'm going to throw this out here, and it might get me in trouble. But for me, Firestorm has always been a great Earth Crisis album, and always ranks very high when it comes to like uh, straight edge records. Uh, even vegan straight edge, and I'm I'm gonna put this up there with 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 uh, Firestorm. That's kind whoa, of yeah, wow. and like and because I I felt like Vanguard was is up there too. Like yeah, I, I wanted to I, ask you that. Yeah, what, like what is your thing with Vanguard? Then where do you? No, I kind of put them up there too. Like almost, yeah. I could. Which I one do you get, like better? Is what I'm trying to say. Be honest now. I, right now, I, it's going to be Moral Law. <laughs> I like Moral Law a lot. Like oh, I do. I dig Vanguard quite a bit, right. like, and and like, I and I don't know what it is. I am. You're a, in a band with someone from Vanguard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be in so much trouble. But but no, like I am like Wrong I am. Answer. I'm a I am a uh, sucker for um, vegan straight edge, even though I'm not vegan or vegetarian. I'm like right. completely on the opposite side. But, but you are straight just, edge. 
Yes, I am straight edge, but, but they are very passionate. Like, it just seems like that's what I love about it. I just love the passion. I love what comes out. And it does, like Stephen was says, it does make you think. And if mm-hmm. you're someone like, I think, I, I, I do believe that life is sacred and, and should be protected. And so, like, it does make you think, like, I, I, how can I do this when life is, I feel like life is this. And so these bands come along and I'm like, oh, shit, like, I, I, I suck. <laughs> but I feel the passion in what they're saying. And it makes and it makes me think. And that's what I, that's what I like about it. But it also doesn't help that they're you know, it'll go from blast beats to riffs for days. And then like, there's this thing that I love where the guitar parts behind the talky parts, do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Like, yes, there's just like, this, just like awesome stuff and very, very like emotional and pretty is not the right word, but just like it sets an atmosphere. And then all of a sudden it builds to an explosion and you're like, ah, what? Um, <laughs> AKA, aka abolitionist which that, that song's like that it just totally yep. like it drops down to that talky part and and like you got that pretty guitar in the background and it's kind of just you're just waiting for like king kong to to bust out of the trees and, and scare the shit out of you like <laughs> that's kind of like the feeling you get when you listen to this so yeah like this record i i was so i it wasn't on my radar at all i'm so glad you threw it out there and I haven't been able to quit listening to it since it came out. And like, I, problem, and, I'm, sir. and I'm not joking. Like, like I, I'm looking at my records right now and I have, uh, I got uh, the Firestorm and the, uh, what was their, what was, is All Out War the first uh, Earth Crisis all, record? All Out War, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they made a split where one side's All Out War and one side's Firestorm record. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, I need the Moral Law vinyl to go right next to it. because They're I, selling it. Honestly, yeah. they're like they're to me. They're like it's neck and neck, man. I I really dig it, and you know I'm not I'm not dissing Vanguard. Vanguard's up there too, but for me, man, Moral Law right now is just I can't you know, get Mick, it. I love it. Yeah. Since you love the subs, I love it too. But why don't you pick the song? Really? Yeah. Well, then I want to do Abolitionist because I take let's, the song. Let's do it. All right. Let's drop it now, brother. Boom. Justification! The 
just listening to a great band called moral law and we hope to get them on the podcast if you're listening uh please come on it that's an official invitation yes and yes, uh yeah we're out of here we're on to the next segment Boom! here we go Hey, what's up, listeners? This is Wiley. Um, so Mick is, Mick is my family. Like, he's the, the godfather to my son. And I'm quickly knowing that Steven is becoming my family. And this is sort of a serious topic. So if you want to skip ahead, that's fine because we're going to get sort of heavy, sort of emotional and you might not agree with everything we have to say and you might be thinking differently, but just try to come in this conversation, but listening with complete open ears um, and know that life is hard and it's sometimes almost unbearable. And like, we're just trying to get through this together as people, as brothers, uh, us three, um, And at some point, we all consider ourselves Christians. We're going to find out what that means right now and where we are with that. And does it matter really? No. We're still going to love each other uh, as brothers no matter what. But we just kind of wanted to air this, all this bullshit out um, and just explain our situation to each other. If no one else listens, I think this will just be therapeutic for us three. Right. So I asked Mick to do this. Um, and I know it's a little tender right now and it's fresh and new and, but he, you know, he's deconstructing. And so I was just really interested in his deconstruction and I, and him and I both thought it would be good for the podcast listeners in case you're going through the same thing. Right. So right now I'm going to hand this over to Mitt to talk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're jumping into this. 
<clears throat> well, let's give it, we've had this conversation in the past on the show, like kind of like my story, your story, you know, journey or whatever. And it's even progressed even more. Uh, but just to kind of give a little snippet for, at least for me, I'm, I'm 47. I grew up in the church. I am the son of a preacher who is, who comes from a whole line of preachers. <clears throat> We're talking generational thing. So, you know, that's my, that was my life. And, you know, I think about maybe 10 years ago, some things started shifting. There's some things that I saw <clears throat> that really concerned me when it came to organized religion in America. Uh, it was back when this whole Christian nationalist thing started to take off. And when I started to see those things, it disturbed me and I was like, well, this really isn't what Jesus taught. And that started this whole process for me to like start looking more into like what I actually believed and what I actually thought and started processing like seeing other people in a different light than just like from this lofty place of the church looking down on everybody that thinks that everybody has to come to this place called the church to get any type of quote unquote salvation to encounter something that's going to you know, make someone feel different or whatever, get them out of what they were or whatever. And uh, just how judgmental that place could be. Sometimes um, I started digging into like early teachings of the church. I started digging into like translations of scripture, started digging into like uh, what the church actually believed post Jesus resurrection into like, what happened by the time you get to uh, the church becoming part of the whole Roman empire and how different it was and how, you know, just a lot of different things. So that just started a path of really opening myself up to see things differently, to see things more and bigger uh, than kind of how I was raised and kind of how I grew up in it. Um, and during that process, shit got weird in America. Um you know, people were being put out in front of like on cable networks and TV. Uh, people were put into position of leadership uh, and all this different stuff and, and spouting things like I'm a Christian, but acting completely opposite of what the tenets of the Christian faith would even be, which disturbed me even more. And, uh, you know, um, starting to look at and see uh you know, different faiths and different groupings of people that see things differently than I did and had different uh, religions or whatever, uh, and starting to read more stuff uh, from Buddhist perspective or Krishna perspective, uh, even looking at some, and this is a scary word for some folks when I say this, but even looking at things from a pagan perspective, uh, some religions that are even more ancient than Christian and, and even Judaism, like older than that. Uh, and looking and seeing uh, how much similarity there are. And uh, for me, it opened up so much to where I began to understand, okay, if, if, you know, I'm reading these things and I grew up uh, under the teachings of, you know, and seeing the teachings of Christ and I'm getting all this. And then I look over here to my Buddhist brother, who's in, in some of the teachings in that. And I'm like, there's a lot of similarities almost word for word. And then I'm looking at some Krishna stuff and there's a lot of similarities word for word. And I'm looking at some Wiccan and pagan stuff. And some of the pagan stuff is really old and North, you know, 
uh, a Norse religion and uh, Celtic stuff, you know, Druid stuff. And they're all saying a lot of the same stuff. And I'm beginning to see that maybe in the universe, there's something that's actually trying to draw humanity to be better uh, and not shitty. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. And, yeah. Can I jump in real quick? Yeah, you can. Sorry. Is, I just, this... I, you kind of got me going and I couldn't stop. No, 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 no. It's okay. <laughs> this is the perfect spot where, because so we had Kate 08 from 108 yeah. on last yeah, yeah. episode. And in that last episode, this is exactly what you're talking about. So I thought this is right. a perfect spot. She said, God manifests to each of us exactly how we need God to manifest to us. Right. She goes mm-hmm. on to say, a divine being can meet you where you're at. The great sacred teachers meet you where you are at. Why wouldn't the greatest, the one, do that and meet you where you are at? Right. And right. I'm, I've read the Bhagavad Gita and um, I know it's, I know that that's in there. That's like towards the beginning, basically, where it talks about, you know, no religion is wrong. Um, uh, you know, all things come together as one. Um, and I, I, I really, I think that's great. And I think what she's, but what she said, like hearing it out of someone's mouth really made me stop and think for a while and ponder on that. Right. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. Like, so we have these, this religion, all these different religions, which are rules and regulations for right. how we're supposed to live. And, and in these rules and regulations, we're constantly um, praising and worshiping this God and giving thanks and um, living our life to him and serving him. Well, if God is like a father or a mother, if God is a man or God's bigger than a man or a woman. I know a woman, I know that like, but like if God is our, our whole parent, like with my son, all I do is serve him all day. I tell my wife gets home and then she serves him. And so I thought about that as a, as a new parent. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. God would want to meet us where we're at and serve us because he loves us that much. Right. Or she loves us that much, or it loves us that much, whatever God, God's bigger than any of our words, you know? Um, I truly and fully believe that there is a God. Um, and we talked off the podcast about like how the Christian religion has just been recycled through, you know, the story of Christ has been recycled through. So if someone needs Christ and needs that, why can't they have it? They should have it. If someone needs Buddha or if someone needs Krishna, like they can have it. Why can't they have it? Why can't we all just join together and not care what someone believes? Because ultimately we're all believing in the same God. We're just worshiping that God in a different way. Correct? Correct. Or well, that's what we should be doing. Right. Well, you know, and I would take it even a step further, like, you know, in in all my years in understanding you know because this is my this is my realm this is what i grew up in so i'm so i'm going to use terminology from that um there's a lot of we churches talk a lot about christ but i don't think they really understand that christ you know wasn't jesus's last name like jesus just embodied christ Mm -hmm. the eternal on earth and brought those teachings so if if you're a Christian and you believe that Christ is eternal, uh, 
then those ideas and thoughts are bigger than just something that happened 2000 years ago. There's something that's ha- that's been around since the beginning of anything, like forever, even before time. So if, if you're going to walk that out, then you have to understand that why wouldn't the eternal Christ or Krishna or Buddha or whatever show up in all these different time periods and share basically the same thing to teach like humanity that. not to be shitty, <laughs> you know? And another thing is this too, religion makes humanity out to be bad. And right. I have come to the place where I don't think humanity's bad. Humanity does stupid things, but the inner inner part of us as humans, we know better. Like my, it's like, there's, there's some aspects of Christian religion that teach that even babies, when they're born, they're sinners and that's bullshit. Um, yeah. You said Christian, right? Yes. And I don't, yes. and I don't think that I was, I was brought up that way. I'm ba- I, I, I was brought up Baptist. Yeah, I was, me too, same, same thing. And, and I just hate, I hate the term sinner and I hate the term sin because most people who uh, are in the Christian religion don't even know that that word doesn't even mean actions. It actually means missing the mark. It's actually missing who you really are. You're not being the true you. And when you're not the true you, you do dumb stuff. And so, you know, dumb stuff just comes out of you. That's sin. And, and that's not unforgivable and it doesn't put you and make you a hell missile. Um, and I don't know if you want to go missile. Or not, um, because, you know, a lot of teachings in the Christian church when it comes to hell, isn't even talking about what people have been taught for years. And I really just wish people would just go back and read translations beyond King James and understand what the early church talked about when he talked about those things. Anyway, you know, when Jesus talked about Gehenna and hell, it's actually a place that's still there in outside of Jerusalem. So anyway, we're not going to go there because that'll make some people mad. But <laughs> but um, I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, even I even think someone who's an atheist or an agnostic, like, you know, an atheist would say there is no God and agnostic would say that there is something out there but there's no connection. I think even in those scenarios, that if we're really going to truly believe that there's a universe, there's something bigger, call that the Christ consciousness, eternal Christ, Krishna, Buddha, whatever that is, if it really has some sort of connection with wanting humanity to be better, then it's even going to come through in either, in, in however that person can relate and walk things out. Does that make right. sense? Like yep. we get all bent out of shape about, they have to believe this way. And it's just, I, I'm at a point where um, I'm at a point to where I don't think that was the point, you know, because the, especially the American church would say things like there's only one way, there's only one, this, there's only one that. And I don't think that, I don't think that's what Christ was trying to teach. Uh, when he was saying that he was the only way to the father, I think he, what he was actually trying to say was Christ, the eternal, this understanding, this, this thing is the only way to connection to something that's bigger. And the way it was spoken about and taught in Christianity was a father figure. Um, right. But we, for, but what's happened in when it comes to these uh, different groups of councils that happen thousands of years a thousand years after christ that put the bible together put things together what we don't understand is is before that time that women played a larger part of the church um there's a whole gospel of mary magdalene that really expresses 
some understanding of Jesus that I think a lot of people need to read to get. Um, but yeah, but didn't the Catholic Church disown it pretty much? Well, it wasn't so much the Catholic Church. It was like not Catholic Church as what we see now, what's here to now, well, now, but the Catholic Church or the Universal Church that began from those council meetings out of Christianity becoming part of the Roman Empire. You know, that was basically basically all squashed because for some dumb reason, and I don't know what it is, the men decided that they were going to cut women out of. Yeah. You know, when you look at the teaching, you look at what Christ did, like when we talk about disciples, it's always what there were 12. Well, no, there weren't 12. There are way more than 12. And there were a lot of women there. And the women were the ones that basically paid for his journeys to all these other places around Judea and, and, and Israel. Um, you know, it was women who paid for Paul's journeys and all that. It wasn't men that did that. It was women that did that. And for some dumb reason, and I don't know what it is, uh, the church somewhere down a thousand years down the road, culture changed and they just stamped it. Like they changed everything. And then later on you get, you know, the reformation and they kept that aspect of it. They just oppressed women even more. And then by the time, you know, you get to the Puritans and the founding of America and all that shit, you know, it oppresses women even more to the point that they're burning women at the stake because, you know, women are, are different or, or they're, they're doing things to help people in certain areas and they're, they're called a witch. And so they're burned or, or they're trying to teach people in different situations and scenarios and they're burned at the stake. It's, it's insane what religion has done in the name of God. Um, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicking on Christianity because that was my life for 47 years. Um, there's bad stuff in every religion. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, yeah. I've been, I've been digging reading a lot of Krishna stuff right now because I have, you know, we've been talking to folks and becoming friends with some folks and, but, you know, and, and they'll tell you, there was some bad stuff that happened in, in the Krishna religion. Uh, even in my home state, like there's some bad stuff that happened um, right. because people are human beings and they make dumb mistakes sometimes. Um, so I'm hey, sure speaking, that- speaking about making dumb mistakes sometimes, can I interject <laughs> real quick and say, I, I do apologize, but I have to work as we talk. So if it gets too loud, please let me know. But if I want to get out of here anytime tonight, right. I need to work. So it, <laughs> no problem. I have been working for the last five minutes, so I don't know if it's too loud or not. No, it's not. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try to be quiet. Okay. So I don't want to ruin this episode, but <laughs> <laughs> totally all right. But yeah, I, I mean, th- those are my thoughts. I just, you know, <laughs> I, I know some people always ask like, are you still this or still that? And I'm at a point in my life where I just don't care. And I think I'm, I think I'm well, at why a point does it, where- Why does it really matter, right? <laughs> we had that conversation before, like if tomorrow you find, find out God doesn't really exist, how, why should that change your life in any way? Right. right. Like I understand people make it their life, but you still got to work. You still got to love right. and feed your kids and you still got to love your wife and be a team like, you have like you have everyday life stuff that keeps going, right? Right. But the problem is the problem that happens though is like especially in the West, they people make church so much a part of their life and religion to the point that it almost becomes cultish, if you know what I'm saying. Like because it's a big money making machine, and I I don't yes. mean that I'm not trying to be mean or downplay anything. But it, it just becomes this thing like 
a family goes to a church and they're going to the church because they feel like they need some connection and they want community and they start hanging out. And like some of the teachings are starting to help. And like the dad or the mom's, you know, relationship gets better. The kids feel like they're, you know, and they're going in there finding friends and they're going and they're learning, you know, like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, different, you know, teachings or whatever, and it's helping them. And then all of a sudden it starts with, Hey, you should volunteer for this. And Hey, you should volunteer for this. And then there's teaching, Oh, you need to give this much to the church and you need to give this much here. And you need to do this. I not the reason why I know this is because like I said, I was a pastor for 25, over 25 years. I know the game. I used to play the game. I used to do those things. I feel guilty now for some of the times that I did things like that. Um, but that's what I was raised in. That's what I grew up in. That's what I thought you had to do. That was the system. That's what you had to do. And so it becomes this thing where if something. Well, well I told you that, that I helped start a church. Right. And they basically, I was helping with the music. Then I was helping with, with the sound. Then I was helping administrative stuff. And then, um, and then they were like, Hey, do you think you can work here 30 hours a week? And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. What are you going to pay me? And they're like, Oh, no, no, no. It's volunteer, volunteer, you know, can you volunteer your time to do it? Right. Voluntary, sorry. And um, I was like, uh, I guess so. So I ended up cutting my hours down at my job. I worked 30 hours at my job I was getting paid at. And then I worked 30 hours at the church for free. So I had a 60 hour work week and I wasn't getting paid for half of it, you know? Right. Right. And I did that for a year and a half. Yeah. And, you know, our, my savings went down, like, it was not a good thing. And then when you're in trouble, they're like, Oh, well, sorry. You know? <laughs> just, just hang on. Hold on. Yeah. Well, you, you can... told me a story. I don't know if you want to tell that story on, on the podcast, but the story where, where you almost didn't make it, you know, well, yeah, financially. Like, well, there was a time in my life where, um, I was working for a church volunteering, um, it became so much a part of my life. Like you, Wiley, like I was working a job. I quit my, I actually quit my job and worked for free at this church almost more than, more than 60 hours a week. It was absolutely ridiculous. I was there every day. I was uh, working in the youth ministry. I was coming into the office and making copies and doing all this stuff because I had this idea that I, if I did these things, they'll see me. And I felt like I was supposed to be a church planner and then that'll move me into that role. So eventually that's kind of what happened. I became, they moved me into a church planning situation. I actually went to two or three weeks worth of training or whatever uh, that I had to pay for myself to get there uh, and pay for my own food and all that uh, totally draining my savings, what little I had. And then um, eventually coming back and told, Hey, we're going to send you to Cambridge, Ohio. You're going to go there. We're going to, we're going to take care of you for like two years. You'll be all right. You know, go up there, find a house, you know, you know, start, you know, you know, get it, rent it, you know, we'll give you the, you know, we'll help you get the rent going, then, you know, find out what that is and rent a spot for the church. And, you know, so I did, I went up there, I did all those things, well, budgeted out what it was going to cost, brought it back and they paid for that for two months and then said, no, we're done. <laughs> and so then, you know, because I was stubborn and, 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 you know, just felt like this is what I had to do. And, and I just shared this story with my wife because I've also been, I told you guys this, and I'm not ashamed to, to say this on here. Um, there's been so much stuff from my past. He doesn't, he doesn't want to keep those. trauma and, and other things that have been going on that I've actually been to a doctor and talked and, and, and actually <laughs> been prescribed some things for some anxiety and some stress and some trauma from the past. That's actually been able to cause me to think through some things. And this was one of the ones that my wife and I had a conversation about the other day. Like, um, 
I remember in that scenario, church planner in Cambridge used all my money to keep the church afloat uh, for like 20 people. That's all there was. There's 20 people showing up in the schoolroom, and you know, there was no money coming in and I wasn't really asking for any money because most of the folks that were coming were poor and they didn't have it. So I couldn't ask them. So I paid for it out of what I had. And, um, I just, all the only job I could find was like this minimum wage thing at the time. So I was doing that and it was just me and my dog in this house. That was it, me and my dog and the gas got turned off and it was the middle of winter. One of the worst winters, uh, in, in, in Ohio at that time that I'd seen for a while and I'm freezing to death and my dog sitting next to me and it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. And I called my dad on the phone and I told him what was going on and said, um, and I just remember talking to him and hanging up and putting the phone down. And I just sat there and I didn't move for three hours. Uh. And my dad drove from Little Hocking, Ohio, all the way up to Cambridge. And next thing I knew, I heard a knock on the door and my dad was there. And he was like, okay, we're going to change. This is changing. We're, we're, this is not happening anymore. But I literally shut myself down. I, I, I didn't realize that and recognize that until all these years later and I and could actually process it. But like, <laughs> here it is, you know, something that I, I longed for, wanted, uh, volunteered for all this time for free, 60 hours a week, and then promised this and went and did it. And then it just, after two months, just fell apart and uh, told we're not going to do it anymore. But I still kept it going for three or four months to the point of financial ruin for me right. to where I literally like had a, a, a nervous breakdown that I didn't know I was having at the time to where I shut myself down. I completely shut down and didn't wake up until my dad, dad knocked on the door. And so like, it's just, it's just stuff like that. Like I know like the reason why people freak out and wig out is because there's a system that has been created right. to take advantage of people. And I don't think that, some people don't realize that that's what they're doing. Like I look back at some different situations, scenarios, and because that's what I was in and what I grew up in, I, I can look back now and go, that was shitty of me. I can't believe I did that. But at the time I didn't know that's what was going on. So I think some people can be like, I didn't know. I, I, this is just what I thought it was supposed to be, but there's other people that know that's what they're doing and know that's how they get the money and they keep doing it and they take advantage of people and it, they just don't care because it's the system. It's the thing that's, it's become. So yeah, Wiley, I'm like, I think that's why people can't get out. Yeah. Can't, it's because it becomes so much a part of their life. And if they don't do it, they feel like there's some sort of, they're a failure. And because shame and, and the, and their idea of what sin is, is tied to it. Then it's like, well, I'm going to be a sinner. Like, I'm not going to, you know, whatever. I'm not going to be able to I'm not a good Christian or whatever. It just becomes, right. and I'm sure there's that's, that's in any religion. I'm not, but like I said, this is what I grew up in. This is what I have experience with. And so I feel like I can talk about that. I can't talk about other, other stuff, but this is what I know. So, yeah. And I'm not, I can, am I being too loud guys? No, no. Are you sure? Yeah. Not at all. Okay, cool. Yeah. Stephen, I want to hear what you have to say oh, about it. So, I mean, I'm not going to go crazy into it, but I can say that I come from, a completely different end of it because I was for 30 plus years an atheist, um, grew up not believing in anything, um, didn't want anything to do with it, uh, you know, laughed in people's faces when they talked about it, you know, just was not nice at all. And, um, you know, jerk, 
<laughs> to where I am today, like obviously not, you know, I, I am a follower of Christ. Um, I, I hope know, so with the, with the straight edge for Christ. Thing. Yeah. With the straight edge for Christ. Cause you know, <laughs> I mean, a lot of things happened along the way. Um, my heart filled and with hope and love and, you know, I know the world isn't all about that. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are extremists and make things look bad. Um, I, I, I can't relate so much with, with you, Mick, because you grew up in that. That's the way you were right. um, brought up and everything. Um, so it's a totally different end for me. Cause I just, I see just hope and love and um, you know, my sobriety was wrapped around it. Um, so many well, positive. And, I do have a, I do have a question day. for you though. You said you see hope and love. Are you going to church or is this what you're seeing through loving Christ? So I will say I do go to church every Sunday. Um, uh-huh. I, I, I am a, so I don't want this to sound bad, but I don't, I don't fit in. I guess you'd say I've never, I never, I've always felt like, no, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I've always felt like I don't fit in. Um, which is true even in the church setting. Um, but I do go in, in the, the place that we'd go, go to teaches by the book. So it's very, um, by the book teaching. Um, I do Bible studies on my own during the week, stuff like that. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always in the Bible reading. Um, it, but I'm, I don't get so involved with the church either because I'm not, um, I'm not in it like that. So I, I have a, a career which takes up a ton of my time. Um, I have a you know young kids, so that's an there's some more time. And you know, by the end of it, I'm like, I just I don't have enough time in a day to um to volunteer like some places want you to. So maybe that's part of the the not fitting in because I'm not that person. But um, but yeah, I mean it's you know, I was I became a Christian uh four or five years before I got sober. Um and my walk is um I say it's new to me. I'm 10 plus years uh, being a Christian, but still, I feel like it was just the other day. Um, and it's, it's, I don't want to say it's like, I hate, I hate the Christian label. So I, I guess I, I more look at myself as a follower of Christ. Wait a minute. Um, what do you mean you hate the Christian label? The, I don't know. Just the, the, um, the bad rap, I guess you'd say, you know, it's. It, yeah. It just, but that's it, also sad too, right? Because it's not, god's fault or jesus's fault that it gets a bad rap right 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 so it's like i remember talking to mick originally and he's like i don't know is it i don't know if i i'm gonna throw mick under the bus i don't think he cares anymore but he's like (laughs) i don't know if i'm gonna call myself a christian anymore and this was like a year ago and i was like what why i was like dude if you don't call yourself a christian and i don't call myself a christian then we're just gonna have stupid butthead dumbass christians out there <laughs> continuing to ruin the name of god right? like if if all the like people who have any sense in what the real christ was like and trying right. to live it out as best as they can not give up but like give up the the label then everyone's gonna think oh yeah them christians those you know jackasses you know right right and i think that like at the time he was like yeah okay yeah you're right I mean, I don't know. We'll get into that. I don't know where he stands right now with it all, but like, right. I still consider myself a Christian, but I also hate most people who call themselves Christians. 
<laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it's, it's so, and I hate to say that, and it's so sad. And, but it's true. I just, I just, I can't stand them. Right. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's the bad ones that stick out. It's, you know, the ones that, that bring it down. It's, but, there is a lot of love out there. So I can tell you that. But I also hate myself sometimes too. So I guess. <laughs> well, here's this, just my observation. I think for you, Steven, I think because of your background and then now you coming in, like, I think you're able to cut through the bullshit and right. find what works for you and what works for your family. Yeah. And like, because when you say like, I've been studying the Bible or whatever, I'm like, you're legit, dude. Like you can see the honesty, like behind that. Like, I really, I want to grow and this is how I'm growing. Um, so you can see through that. I think that's a good, like, I know maybe you may not have looked at like your past being, uh, I'll use a Christian term blessing, but Christianese. I think, I think it is dude. I think like you're yeah. able to cut through the stuff and like, go, no, I'm not going over there. Like, right. But right. this is what's helped me. So I'm going to continue over here and, and you're able to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Wiley on your question, like, well, how do I see myself? I don't, it doesn't gonna, matter, right? This I'm just going to be legit, totally honest with you, and this is where I've come to in the last few months. I I don't care yeah, anymore. Yeah. Like I figured, I, I figured. I I just I just want I however I connect and relate and grow. That's what I that's what I want to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I honestly like I've come to a place where, and I'll use the term Christ because that's that's my background. I just see Christ in so many things in other places now. And I, and and like, like Steven, dude, I, me too. Like I, I'm not so cynical that I think that there's no hope and there's no love and there's no life. I actually think that there's way more hope, love and life than, than there is the bad. I just think the bad is just put in our face so much that that's all we see. True. And and like the same thing goes for like the stuff that's happening. Like, this is what I think I, and I don't mean to be a doomsayer. I think organized religion in America is, is dying. And I think it's, I don't think it's going to last the next, if it lasts five years, it'll be a miracle. I think it's done in 10 years. And I think what's going to happen is I, and I told Wiley this the other day, I think there's a huge shift in humanity that's happening in the world. And there's so much, there's still part of humanity that's connected to the past to past decades or even past centuries like every so many so many centuries in humanity something happens you know you have the stone age the iron age you get to you know the industrial revolution even even spiritual awakenings and all that that happens in humanity you see it take place and i think we're at another point in that and just mm-hmm. like in the industrial revolution like there were people like yes like we can we can advance and do more things, but there were still people going, uh-uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this donkey and cart. I don't care if you have a trunk, a truck that can load more stuff and move down the road. This is the way we've always done it, and I'm gonna use a donkey. And what happens? They end up dying from <laughs> dysentery because they won't even take the medication that can help them that the industrial revolution like brought. You know, it's like when they figured out penicillin, you know, and they're like, Man, this can really help a whole lot of people. And they started getting it out. Are there. we talking about Scientologists right now? No, I'm not talking about Scientologists. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I'm you just know kidding. That, I'm kidding. You know that you know there were parts of humanity that were like, I ain't taking that penicillin. That's made from mold. That's that's gonna kill me. 
you know, it's and it's the same thing that's happening now. Don't take the vaccine. It's the mark of the beast. Uh, <laughs> don't get a cell phone. Uh, don't get a, you know, like when I was younger, it's like, don't get a credit card. It's the mark of the beast. I'm like, you don't even right. know what the mark of the beast is. The mark of the beast was Nero. It's not a number that you put on your head. Are you stupid? <laughs> like, what? what the hell? And it's like, that's kind of like, I just think humanity's at this shift. And I think, I don't think Christianity is going to end. I think people who are true followers of Christ are going to continue on. I think things are going to move into like. Well, that would be like, that would be awesome, right? Because then it would weed out all the jackasses. Right. Right. And so that's what I think is happening. I think, I think that's the shift. And the Mm -hmm. reason why we see so much of the garbage right now is because it's out in the forefront. They have their own television networks. They're involved in politics because they have the money to do it. Um, They have all these things, but that's all eventually because people. And they're afraid, right? They're holding on to it. Yeah. Right. And like, I how long can the dinosaurs last? Right. And I think we know the getting, comet's coming. Right. And I think they're they're getting called on their bullshit. Like they can't fool people anymore. Like they can't go, well, here, here's a good example. They can't continue the lie that um homosexuality is a sin in the Bible. You can't continue that lie anymore because when you look at the translations and you look at what's actually said, it doesn't say that. And that that word wasn't even a word until the 60s and it was added. And and scholars, Bible scholars even pointed it out. They said that's not what that word means. And they didn't change it. And now all these years later, you know, you have people, this isn't no, it's not. It's not there. It never was there. It doesn't even mean that. It means pedophilia. It means, uh, you know, it it, it means a dominating uh, another person, uh, another same sex. It, it means dominating them. It can mean mean dominating sexually, basically rape. That's right. what that word. That's what that that word in the Greek and the Hebrew means. And and so people have the internet. People have, you know, people have access to scholars that have been teaching this forever now because all they got to do is Google it. In the past, in the 50s, 60s, even the 80s, right. you couldn't do that. And so people, are, they could get away with it. And now all these years later, they can't. It's it's just like the the pro-life movement. Like we're, t- we're talking about like people being able to see through stuff. The pro-life movement in the church was started because of segregation. All the way back, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, um, the IRS was coming after these schools, these colleges, Christian colleges, because they wouldn't desegregate. They wouldn't allow black people to come to their schools. And so people like Pat Robertson and I can't remember. That's very other... Christian of them. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> and so they basically got together and had like, we're talking Bob Jones university Liberty. There's a couple other ones. They all got together and was like, um, you know, we, we need to come up with some rallying rallying point to bring people Christians together so we can have some sort of political clout. And so we can have some money behind it. So we, we need something to, uh, we need something to bring everybody together. And, you know, the majority of the church didn't want to segregate. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, white Christians marching with Martin Luther King Jr. Like you didn't see that, but these old fogies were like, no, this isn't, no, no, we don't want black people coming to our schools. So we need to start a, we need to start the religious right. And so they started the religious right movement, the Christian coalition and the rallying point was the pro-life movement they didn't care they don't care about babies they don't care about life they want the death penalty they want guns Uh, they don't want gun control they've always been like that this was a money-making scheme and while we had this conversation before i worked in that world i worked in the in that movement i 
uh, built websites and made podcasts and all of that for the heartbeat bill that was going on in Ohio. I was with all those people behind the scenes. I met with the guy who was the main dude that started um, the, uh, what was the big pro-life uh, group in America. I met with him, Dr. Wilkie, I think is his name. I met with him, I put podcasts together for this bill that was happening in Ohio. And guess what? It's all about money. Everything was about money. There wasn't one conversation about women in pain, hurting, situations, scenarios, none of it. It was all about money. And when you go back prior to the religious right, Christian coalition, all that, and you look and you and, and you see what major theologians in the church were teaching, they didn't have a problem with uh, abortion. They didn't have a problem. They actually, some of them brought up some of the scriptures in the Old Testament where in certain scenarios, priests would mix a solution together to cause something like that to happen, you know, that it, it was seen as a medical process. So people can read, people can look things up now. They can see what these people said in the past. They can see, you know, like Tim LaHaye, who wrote the Left Behind series, wrote a nasty letter to the college that Martin Luther King Jr. came and spoke at. He was pissed because a black guy came and spoke at this college and so he wrote a nasty letter and saying that he was going to pull all their funding and all that it's just you can't hide that stuff anymore right you can't wash it over and so like all that's coming out and so that's why i think you know it's ugly right now but i do have i do have hope i, I do see a shift i see people waking waking up and becoming i think humanity wants to get past all this division and just wants to be able to tolerate one another and move on right. um sure as hell hope so well, I know you're, you're, a, you're a glass half empty guy, Wiley. I know that, but that's why you got me in your life. I'm, I'm here to help you. No, I, I, I do, but I do like, I, I do even through all the trauma and everything that I've experienced in 47 years, I can still look and say, there's a whole lot, even though I see all this ugliness and there's all this bad things that happen. I do see people like you, Steven, I see you and I'm like, you're legit. Like, like yeah. you're walking this stuff out. Like, you actually care about people. And so yeah. I know that there's more people like you out there. And sometimes I have to remind myself that um, there's more good happening than there is bad. It just, it's the ugly is being promoted right now. Right. So. And it's center stage, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just going to be the, the majority of folks that, that want to walk in, you know, they don't want to see war break out. They don't want to see people, dying of hunger they're like actually we have money to do this why don't we just do it and right. i think eventually that's what's going to happen i think we're going to see that shift so yeah i'm ready for it me too <laughs> me three <laughs> so we hope that was helpful if it wasn't helpful it was at least therapeutic for us right <laughs> So we, um, if we don't, if we don't quit, we're going to keep going. Yeah. 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 So I want to, I want to leave it with this. So two minute minor has been practicing. We haven't played since uh, January, February of 2020. And so we're practicing to get show ready again, you know, cause I had the boy, well, Libby had the boy, but um, right. you know, we, we got the boy. And so we're trying to be careful with COVID and all that stuff. And so we're finally ready. You know, he's coming up on eight months. We're finally ready to, um, get out there and do it. And so we've been practicing this song that we wrote back in 2019 off snake, the ate its own tail. And, uh, it's called keep your guard. And the one thing we say in the song is human rights for all politics in the trash can. And every time we say that line, like every one of the band, like 
looks at me and they're like, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I love that line. Like, I just think it's perfect. It's, and it's so simple. Like, seriously, human rights for all. Put your politics in the trash can. Leave them right there. Right. No, that's good. Let's get out of here, okay? All right. Yeah. Done. Get out of here. Get out. (laughs) Take the garbage out. Throw your politics away with it. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. Of course. And that's it. All right. So it it comes that time. I want to thank all the listeners for uh, checking in and uh, checking out the show with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we gotta, we gotta go through the normal. Um, Mick, what do we usually do? We ask them oh, to. Oh gosh! Yeah, it, it's Wiley's Wiley's pay for it. Listen, <laughs> yeah. if you dig the show, please share. Blah it. blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> like it, <laughs> review it, and uh, share it with your friends. Get it out there because we've had some good episodes, and this is a good one too. So yeah, share share this with your friends. Get it out there. Help us out. Yes, please. Check out all the, yeah, check out all the <laughs> bands. Buy their stuff. Check out the coffee we talked about. Buy it. Buy some Oak and Crow stuff. Get ready for the up and pu- up the pups. Up and pupping them, sir. Up and pupping. Yeah. <laughs> right. The up and pups volume two. Get ready for that in the fall. Yeah. Help us out. Do it. Help us out. So, yeah. Good stuff. So <laughs> that um, faith or lack of or deconstructing faith chat. Um, I got a little heavy at times Come and I, pre- I appreciate you being honest and open with, with us about all that, man. Yeah. That- I think that's good that you're opening up your heart to people because we know how mm-hmm. terrible people can be. Right. Well, I, and, and I how hope, judgmental. And I hope it helps, you know, if there's other folks. So I hope they judge the, the hell out of you. Yeah. Right. Right. No, <laughs> I, I, I hope that, you know, what we talked about and stuff, if folks are going through that too, you know, that they're not by themselves. I know that there's other people like me that's been doing stuff forever. Like they've been, that was their life forever. And now they're transitioning and it's hard. And I just want to encourage people if it's so hard that, you know, you're having very anxious and stressful things, thoughts, go see somebody, go talk to your doctor, go, go talk to a therapist, go talk with somebody that a good friend and, and, and talk about it. You know, don't, don't wrestle with all that by yourself, you know, work it out, you know, or call Mick at two, three, five, six, six, four. (laughs) (laughs) No, like seriously, fine. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram. I'll, 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 I'll talk, you know, I ain't got a problem with that. It's okay to ask for help. Yeah, it's definitely. It's not a bad thing. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, despair is not something that you need to walk in. You know, there's there's life and hope, and and part of that could be counseling and talking to somebody, and that's a good right. thing. So definitely, yeah. so not guys, to get heavy again. <laughs> no, 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 it's cool. But but so guys, so we had choke on the chat, yeah. the choke yeah. chat, and uh, I have to say I disagree with them on one thing. What's that? Uh, totally disagree with them on one thing. <laughs> Um, we on the podcast mostly feature new bands or bands that have come out with new albums, right? We don't yes. go, we don't go, usually we don't go backwards back past 2020. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, there's some amazing hardcore coming out these days, especially yes. 
with the mental health lyrics. Yeah. Right. Hardcore now is mixing a lot of great stuff to give it a new feel. I mean, that's my opinion. I, I think you guys agree with me, right? Yes, totally. totally. Must yet, yet we can't forget our roots and we don't, we all love old school, old man, hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's why we got good old, old time, hardcore veteran slap shot on the chat because we, me personally, I'm a huge Slapshot fan. Love them. Love them to death. Love the hockey. I mean, come on. I named my band Two Minute Minor. Right, love right. the hockey. Love everything about them. Love their music. Love the old school. Love it. But, Joe, dude, come on. There's so much good <laughs> hardcore coming out. So right. much. Like, if we, if we just, he's, I think he said, so, I don't want to mess up what he said, but I think he said something along the lines of, correct me if I'm wrong, like, why even come out with new hardcore? Like, Right. It's been done, right? Was that right. kind of what he said? This kind of co- yeah. close to something it. like something yeah. like that. Close to that, right? Like, why? <laughs> please don't listen. Please start a hardcore band because he said that. Right. What else is good hardcore? Prove him wrong. I think people have already proved him wrong, but you can help prove him wrong. <laughs> yeah, dude. I know for a fact he loves Skullcrack. Yeah. Yeah. I think he that's just with part him. of it. I think that's just part of his mystique. It's the grumpy old man, get off my lawn. He's like, get off my hardcore lawn. I think that's just... <laughs> and I love him because... And I don't mean that as a diss. I love him because of that. It was a great conversation. Right. Don't I step of- on my flowers. I planted right. them yesterday. Right. You know, I laughed so hard in that episode, or in that conversation. Like, I just... Yeah. So... Dude, by the way, I am not dissing on Choke because, first off, he beat my ass. And, se- <laughs> and exactly. second, and second, I respect the hell out of his bands. Right. And third, the dude, I respect him because he tells it how he feels. Right. I, I disagree with him on that, but he tells it how he feels. And I know all three of us were super honored to have Jack yeah. Choke Kelly from Slapshot on this freaking show. Right. Like, yeah. who are we? Like, he definitely stepped up and showed us that he cares about community. Right. 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 Like right. he could have just been, laughed at us and be like, Nope, sorry guys. I got better right. things to do with my time. But he took the time out of his day and did this for us and for the listeners. And we super appreciate that. And with that being said, thank you guys for listening to coffee and hardcore podcast. I'm Wiley Willis, from Chicago, Illinois. I'm Mick Cox from Parkersburg, West Virginia. I'm Steven Scoba from Boston, Massachusetts. And we will see you next month. No. No. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, I might joke about it. Right. No, no, I'm just some regular fucking schmuck like anybody else. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.